number two, do the damn thing. Keeps on my neck, pocket full of in frames. When I'm in the mall, hoes just pop. Pop a few tags, give me that on the wall. Trying to flip the work, make the block bump. Boys in the hood, call me Black Donald Trump. Hello everyone and welcome to The Other Side of the Tracks. My name is Jamie Driscoll. And I'm Caleb Brainy. And this week we found out there's a bird that nests inside us living underneath our skin and we found a pussy so wet we had to paddle in. <laughs> we, listened to, <laughs> we listened to Drake's Take Care and Counting Crows' August and Everything After. How did you feel about the album? How did you feel about uh, August and Everything After? Ooh, are we starting with August? We can start. Uh, I just want, want to get a brief yeah. overview. Like, I really liked August. Yes! <laughs> yes! I, oh my god, I'm so happy. I really like Take Care. Did you really? I, I genuinely Whoa. enjoyed the shit out of this album. I'm not joking around at all. Wild. And this actually says a lot. So, right, our theme was albums that got us through high school. This kind of makes sense that both of us had it. There were some very recognizable similarities in the themes of both these albums. So, it, t- it tells me we may have had a very similar high school experience. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, though we come from very different backgrounds, <laughs> we, yep. that there's some similar feelings. And I think part of it is both of these albums talk about things that I think are somewhat universal. Like, high school experiences are very, very similar Agreed. in some ways, yep. right? Uh, and I think this hits that a lot. Both of them do. Yeah, this is, I can already tell you, by far, the, my favorite out of the albums that we've done so yes! far. Yes! Oh uh, my god! I, oh, you, which, uh, you gotta know, <laughs> Counting Crows is kind of... A lame band. <laughs> like, they rub elbows with, I would say, I, I disagree with this, uh-huh. but when discussing kind of shitty bands, like uh, like the Nickelbacks of the world, the Creeds oh. of the world, uh, oh, the, 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 Counting Crows gets unfairly lumped in. Even white people make fun of Nickelback. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a friend, my, my friend Keelan, who's going to come up over and over again. Yeah. He loves Nickelback, and he asserts that black people love Nickelback more than white people do. <laughs> and I, I mean, I do not like Nickelback at all. But yeah, you gotta know, like, Counting Crows is kind of loaded, and... Oh, that hurts me. I, I know, it hurts <laughs> me too. But yeah, I, I'm really, really glad you enjoyed. Can we, let's start, you wanna, which, let's start which, with Counting Crows. Alright, let's start with Counting Crows then. So Counting Crows were, were formed in uh, 1994, and this album is their debut and sold 7 million mm. copies. The band name comes from an old nursery rhyme where children would count magpies and is referenced in one of the final tracks in the yeah. album. Uh, the big hit, Mr. Jones, was blowing up on the radio. That was the, that was the big, big hit from this album. And that propelled them to SNL touring with uh, the Rolling Stones, Cranberries, Bob Dylan, uh, among many others. And funny funny story about Mr. Jones, that is my go-to karaoke song. That is my go-to karaoke song. I get up there and I sing the shit out of Mr. Jones. And I had a friend one time, this must have been the first or second time we went to karaoke together, and he didn't know that was my song, and he got up and he put it in. Oh, they're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you know how to sing Mr. Jones, yeah. you don't know how to sing Mr. Jones. <laughs> it's because it's such a weird, like, hanging rhyme, yep, and, and they're spoken, and I, mm-hmm. it's a wacky song well, that I, I love. I think, now that he said this, 
I think you need to do a couple. Oh, we'll have a sample. Yeah. 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 Late, later, later. When we get to it. We, when we, we get we, to we it. We bring up some karaoke. I don't say I do it well. But I do just the shit out of it. Enthusiastically and with vigor. Just like my sex life. You don't do it well. But I do enthusiastically. So Adam Duritz was the lead vocalist and lyricist. And he sported his trademark voluminous dreadlock look. Until August of 2019. Pause. This dude has dreadlocks. He's had dreadlocks since the 90s. I should start looking up pictures of these people. Um, I I kind of don't want to ruin it for me, like when I'm listening to it, because it, it, I think it'll affect me. But I love I. Uh, that's gonna really affect how I feel about the cookout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to look at a picture of him before I tell you this next piece of information. Okay. Because uh, so he said dreads for a long time. Long time. So this is Adam Duritz. Oh my god! <laughs> and he is currently reportedly dating Emmy Rossum from Shameless. No. And before that, he has also dated Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. You are lying! I am not lying. You are lying! I am not lying. I am... I... I what? I, it boggles the mind. How? I mean, I guess you know, he's a real sensitive guy. He must be <laughs> funny, too. Yeah, I, I, I guess... Oh my god! <laughs> uh, then the other things to kind of know about Counting Crows is uh, this album came out in '94, so they were right along. Rage Against the Machine was big. Nirvana, Foo Fighters, all the people and... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just very different. You can give me any of those albums? <laughs> I don't I've know about all of them. I don't know. You any don't know of them. Pearl Jam? Oh heavens! I oh, oh I do know why people love Pearl Jam. Yeah, I do know. Hundred percent get a Jeremy this up. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is Pearl Jam an album or a band? It's a band. Okay, it's okay. Band. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. All, right, all right. So, a little background on Counting Crows. Let's uh, let's hear your thoughts. Okay, so I love this album. Yes! Like, I really, yes! I really do. Um, I realized, this This album made me realize how much I love synths. Like, I just, mm. like, I'm just, funny thing. Every time it came in, I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, it was emotional. Uh, it was raw and simple and i really yeah. like that i i think that is and i i think in some ways you could you could equate that also to take care later right like i 100%. think that and i like that that resonates with me mm-hmm. a lot and so i found myself unlike any of the other albums you've, <laughs> you've given me so far this one i was like writing lyrics down that i just liked yes and i was just like oh yeah ooh, or i like how we uh one of my favorite things he does is throughout like the whole album is he has a line and then throughout the song that line just subtly changes. And yes. I like that's like a poetic thing to do, right? Whenever you're repeating it, it should be different in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I loved that because it adds this like movement and this development in the piece. It makes me sound more like a critic than I am. It just was cool. <laughs> like uh I know so exactly what you're talking about. We'll we'll hop into this this first one. Round here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was also really fun oh. to listen to this album and be like Oh, Jamie's walking through the halls. Like, like, oh, buddy. Uh, (laughs) So I love the guitar intro. Like, I immediately, I was like, I'm going to like this. Which is not how I've felt about all of the ums that you've given me. Um, Let's see. I love love a good funky bridge. Uh, (laughs) Funky bridge. Let's see. I love... Oh, and then in the last chorus, we enter the cool synth in in the background. Uh, You hear it to the end, and I was like... Yeah, like music musically, I like this album. Uh, it's not crazy um, complicated by any means, no. right? I can tell that, and yet I'm still like, oh, I liked that. I think uh, I think th- uh, this album is more about 
the words than the music. Which and was then really the fun way. for yeah. me to sit down and like, which is very different than our David Bowie, uh, David Bowie, uh, like where it's like, I'm probably never going to listen to these words because I liked just the rhythm of some of it. But this one, I was pulling up the lyrics and I'm just reading it going, yeah, yes. We start off strong, right? The, the white on white, the like walking. First of all, I was like, do they know about the podcast? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I wrote that down too. We said, where no one notices the contrast of white on white. I was like, this is the whitest album. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is, it knows. But I thought the whole underlying idea of like uh, assimilation as like the, the, the idea of, of, well, which wouldn't be the word that I don't think, uh, what's his name? Adam, Adam Duritz. Adam. I don't think he would use that because he's just a white guy. So he doesn't really assimilate mm-hmm. to his own culture. But for me, that's what like I found myself connecting to was this idea of like meeting others' expectations, right? Ah, okay. Which to me, I often associate with assimilation because as a black person, the expectations are for me to be white, right? And that's usually oh, where, where I'm, even if it's like, you're expected to get good grades because white people get good grades, right? Like it's like, it, it's often connected that way. Okay. So that's how I see it. But I can pull it back into the vaguer and the more vague way of going. I see what he's doing. Um, also, I, I did just write, Maria's dying? No! <laughs> oh, and I, the line, I love the line, uh, says she's close to understanding Jesus and she knows she's more than just a little misunderstood. Something about that combo of, of phrasing was really cool to me. Getting chills when you just read it. I'm highly affected by music. You guys need to know this. I get, I get chills. I get emotional. I lo- okay. Oh and, oh, and we've got the line. Round here we talk just, just like, like lions, lions, but we sacrifice like lambs. Yes. I I re I was like rewind. What is that? <laughs> Give me that. Is that what we just said? It, I, I think I think it speaks to kind of presenting a false a falseness when you know oh, you, yeah. you, t- you talk a big game, but when the time comes, like you're you're just you're a little lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Um. So <laughs> uh, I literally wrote, "Oh shit!" Like because I thought <laughs> that line. I was like that because that is so so it. Um, and I think it's funny that we have a, an album and a song that's talking about this when we just listened to Little Wayne and, and mm-hmm. bravado, right? And like right. and big that that's the lion. Like that's the talking like a lion. So very much I, I related to that. I did have a question. How late do you think he stays up? <laughs> very <laughs> very late. Yeah, that's that was a weird one. I, I know in writing you're supposed to avoid the word very. Yep. Just as just as a just rule. Extra that you so know. I think he had to have been aware of that. I can't imagine he was unaware of that. So I think he was embracing it mm. and driving it home. Which, which, and, okay, and I'll give you that. Uh, I can hear you reaching because you love this album. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I also think that's true, right? Because if we're talking about assimilating or uh, following other people's expectations, if the expectation or the general rule is, well, don't use Barry. Right. He's like, well, I'll use it four times then. F you. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple times when he repeats himself Oh, much. I've written it every time. So we'll talk about it. Because <laughs> every time, like, oh, we're going to keep... Okay, okay. Because that was kind of funny to me. But at the same I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad about it. It was kind of funny to me, though. It seems to be his style, for sure. Yeah. I just wrote, like, the outro is gut-wrenching. You catch me if I'm falling. You catch me if I'm falling. Will, and then it's, will you catch me because I'm falling down? I was like, oh, man. Oh, you're right. I'm so glad and, you're <laughs> vibing on this. <laughs> uh, and I can't see nothing. Nothing around here. I was like, you're right. Me neither, dude. Uh, the, the whole thing was like, it was, I, I felt emotionally invested. 
I was like, this whole song has angst, drama, longing. Like, it, yes. it's, it's got it in yes. there. And immediately, I was like, this makes sense to be your high school album. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do you got? You hit damn near everything I wrote down. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing I want to uh, call attention to is when he says the line, it's only in my head. Oh, that kind of comes through the entire album as well. That's that's a little bit of a thesis. Yeah. Um, and there's a line at the end where he says, at the very end, he says, I'm innocent. Under the gun around here, can't see nothing. It, anyway, it was a line I never heard before where he asserted that he was innocent, Ooh. which I kind of brought back to the childlike perspective of the song, mm. where it, it's it's talking about, like, you can't send us to bed early. Yeah, so very, I, very late. I, I feel like a childlike rebellion and, and, and stating some sort of innocence. But yeah, everything else you hit. Yeah, because you, 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 I don't have anything <laughs> new to say. Yeah. yeah, so then we'll move on to Omaha. Mm-hmm. I wrote down, I was head bopping. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, just this. Um, I still love me a synth. Uh, I'm going to write it every time. I wrote a lot of la la la's. Yup, yup, <laughs> yup. But I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was, it made me hate myself a little bit. Ooh. For liking the la la, like because that's a that's a white. It's yep. <laughs> it is it is prevalent in Counting Crows for sure. The la la la's, the na na na's. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so I was like, mm, okay, but okay, but this song is like right for me when it says like you know it's get right to the heart of matters. It's the heart that matters more. That's me. I'm soft. I'm like it's all about the heart. What do we mm-hmm. care about? What do you love? What do you mm-hmm. passion? Yes, that is that yes. is me. This is the one song I think off the album. I think it's the only one in which I was like, "This is a commercial song, though. Like you could use <laughs> like, it in on, a commercial." Come on out to Omaha. <laughs> yeah, it's like a what you know, and what it's the heart that matters, right? Yeah, and like yeah. it could be whatever you're selling. I don't know. Is what I felt like. I felt like I can see that. Hey, jewelers. Yeah, like honestly, heart like that's it. Only and only that bit, right? It's not the rest of the song. It's just that part. And it's because I'm constantly thinking about the white music you give me and how it naturally incorporates in the world that we live in. Like how it, how it's already in, intertwined. I think about that a lot. I was thinking about that too when I was re-listening to, 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 to some of that stuff. And I, I think you can see commercials and montages and all this stuff because so much of the music that permeates through your whatever layer is through commercialization. Yep. And, and that's why a theme you're going to come across in some albums I give you is not wanting to sell out there's gonna be Ooh. there's gonna be a big theme of like oh you fucking sell out like you, you your song's in a car commercial like what do you guys say <laughs> artist are you saying that uh we'll never see like an atkins kanye workout Ooh, <laughs> i would love to see an atkins kanye oh workout my gosh <laughs> patented um <laughs> oh right and so this is the first time that he has the repeating lines in which he ch- changes them subtly uh and i really like that so he's got Hey, mister, if you're going to walk on water, could you drop a line my way? And then, hey, mister, you don't want to walk on water because you're going to walk all over me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's a shift of what that means. Where, we're like, one is like, hey, give me help. And the other one is like, you're, you're taking advantage of me. Or you right. don't care. Or you're not going to help me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like that. I, I really like that work. And it always makes me feel like there's more in the music that I can discover and figure out. It's almost it's almost a, a, an element of comedy to lead you in a direction and then subvert it. Yeah. So it's subverting your expectations and kind of making you listen closer. Tune and, in. And, and kind of turn on the, the thinking process a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some thoughts you have? Um, 
this seems like it's a song about a simple day out on a farm. <laughs> I've literally never thought about this song. I, yeah. you know, this is an album I hit play and I don't skip except for one, maybe. I think ooh, you know which ooh, one. Ooh, yep. um, and I know all the words to this song, but it's the first time I was like, what is this song about? And yeah. it seems like it's about farming. It's so simple. I still like it, though. <laughs> that's, that's really all I had for Omaha. Are you a farmer? I am not. No. no yeah, never have been. Never gotten your hands dirty one day in your life. I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I came home covered in sawdust and wounds on my hands. These are the hands of a working man. All right. All right. I was really like, I'm black. I've worked before. Oh, what? <laughs> White people I'm just not going to let you win this. <laughs> it, it wasn't until after he moved away from the estate that he had to become a Oh, my God. Ah, that's what it was. Never had an estate. Did have seven acres, though. <laughs> Not in a state. All right, so then we've got Mr. Jones. Yes. So your karaoke song. Yes. I just wrote, man, I wish I was beautiful. Oh, buddy. Right. Like, just buddy. And, uh, <laughs> he's wishing he was beautiful. Meanwhile, he's dating Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. Which I didn't know that fact, so now I'm more upset. So he's got... <laughs> he, this is an intern. Well, he's... Okay. He's not... He's obviously beautiful somehow. He's beautiful somehow. Jennifer Aniston's never said, I'm beautiful. Oh. Yeah, it's Jennifer Aniston. Uh, hit me up. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got some more sha la 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 las. Yo, yeah. Um, which is cute, I guess. <laughs> oh, and so it's when the first chorus hits that I go, "Oh, do I know this song?" Like mm-hmm. this was the song mm-hmm. off the album that I kind of like recognized. Still not super well. It wasn't like I knew. Like I couldn't sing along, but I was like, "Oh, I think I." A white person has played this for me before. Is like kind of <laughs> how that went for me. And then we've got that drastic mood change. Yeah. When everybody loves me, I will <sighs> never be lonely. I'll never oh. be lonely. Said I'm never gonna be oh. lonely. Oh. You, say, you saying it right now is like I can feel the back of my eyes tearing up a little bit. It's so. It's oh. It's it's and loneliness is a theme of this oh, album. Keithy. It's. That's what he's scared of most. I mean, he... Yep. Yeah. And it's he's lonely dead. is huge, right? And so this is, like, I think the first time where I really feel that, mm-hmm. and I know that. And I would say, when we're talking about, like, album makeup, this was really well-placed because this happened, and then I know to look for it the rest of it mm. because that lonely is so drastically, like, it's it changes the whole song, yep. right? The whole shift. And then we get back to it, like, and mm-hmm. then we shift back in. But that is... Like, cluing me in for the rest of the album where I was like, oh, we're lonely. Or mm-hmm. we're worried about being lonely. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever. And so then there's this longing for fame that I was like, I actually kind of understand. And I love, yeah, also, yeah. Uh, we all want to be big stars. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got different reasons for that. Yep. Yep. And it, it, that just tells you, oh, I love that I love that line. Just be, It forces you to think about, if you're dreaming about fame, yeah. why are you dreaming about fame? Yep. And it might not be the same reason I'm dreaming about fame. Like, what's what about that fame is going to be a solution to your problem? Which and is, will it be? Will it be? And we and we learn it isn't. Like, we, we mm-hmm. there are moments in which, like, fame is still lonely. And, and later in the album, and take care, baby. Uh, <laughs> which, I, well, we'll have a lot to say yes. there. Um, but that was, but then he, he changes that line. So first he says, we have different reasons. And then he later says, we all want to be big stars. Uh, but we don't know why and we don't, don't know, know how. how. And I was like, you're fucking right, man. I just... <laughs> so happy. <laughs> but I, I, I did love that. And I think there is something about uh, when semi-famous people talk about what it means to be famous mm-hmm. slash like 
the desire to be. It's funny because it's unrelatable because he is famous. This is their debut album. This is so debut he's album. not. So he's not. But he will be. Right. He didn't know he'd be dating Jennifer Aniston. Wow. If I knew that <laughs> my whole life, I would do any choice to make just to get there. I don't. So tell so, me what the path is. So someone taps you on your shoulder and he's like, hey man, in 15 years you'll be dating Jennifer Aniston. I would act a fool right now. <laughs> I would act like it already happened. Doesn't matter. I think she'll be 65. By Doesn't matter. Like uh, uh, yeah, out. so I'm a the <laughs> underscore Negro artist. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias. Uh, my number is also... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Miss Aniston, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm playing hard to get. <laughs> uh, I don't have the balls. All right, um... Yeah, so that's what I've got on Mr. Jones. What do you, uh, I, I wrote that, that hard guitar intro that just comes Ooh. in iconically, just hard off the bat. And this is just a man, just completely unbridled, singing about all the things he wishes to be, all the things he hopes for. Yep. And I couldn't help but sing along. And it felt like him recounting just a memorable night out. Like the, the night out you think yeah. of in the summer when you, you were with your best friends and everything was just flowing into the other. Yeah. And it just was like the perfect night out is what it feels like he's recounting mm. to me here. I, I like the, the line, I want to be someone to believe in. Give, give me something to believe because I want to be someone to believe in. Because it, it's something, it, it obviously he's speaking to a hole or a lack within himself. Yeah. And he says, man, she's perfect for you. There's got to be somebody for me. Kind of taking some confidence back in his state of loneliness. And like I said, this this whole thing just feels like a vocal vision board where he's just yep. putting everything he wants out into the universe and fucking he got it. Yeah. Because he was riding high for a long time. Homeboy's got an Oscar. What? For accidentally in love on Shrek 2. Yeah! <laughs> Way to be! <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think we spend some time on Mr. Jones. Wow, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll move on to uh, Perfect Blue Building. Woo, quite the turn. Uh, yes, quite uh, the turn. This is the moment where I went dark, mm-hmm. heavy. Jamie, what were you going through in high school? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was really going through anything, but 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 teenage angst. But you feel it. Oh, you feel it all so big. It. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I was like, for, I was like, try, it took me a minute, minute to really figure it out, and I'm not sure I really figured out this song. I was like, is this song about rehab, psych ward, addiction? Like, I was trying to figure out, it is not healthy. Well, no. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm trying to keep myself away from me, Ooh. which I also was like, as a high schooler, I could see myself mm-hmm. saying, like, man, like, I'm my worst enemy. Like, I gotta keep myself away from me. This is mm-hmm. the problem. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I was a little lost on what his was, but I also felt like maybe there was power in that, right? And not knowing exactly what was going on. I but feel I, like it's definitely him recognizing some sort of destructive behavior he has within himself. Yeah. It's like, I can do all this stuff, I can do whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm still by myself, loneliness, yeah. uh, and how am I going to keep my behaviors away from myself? How do I get better? How do I, how do I stop this, this cyclical nature? Yeah. So I, I thought it might be booze. Booze? I like I, th- I thought it was some like a destructive tendency. I think is the best way. Like mm-hmm. that was the some, clearest yes. understanding. And I think we can insert almost anything in there. I do think uh, one of the clues is you know I want to get me a little oblivion. Mm. But I was also like, are we? Ooh. Is this suicide? Like that. That's what oh. I thought for a second, and then I was like, no, maybe it's just not. Like maybe I was going too dark. 
you know, a lot, a lot of my thoughts about this were formed when I listened to it in high school. Right. So uh, get me a little oblivion. I thought it was kind of like, let me get fucked up. Let me get high. Right. And me, that, that, get that makes more sense to me. But my first listen, I was like, that's, we're talking about a little oblivion. A little often. So yeah, that's what I have on Perfect Blue Buildings. Simply dark. Yeah. Very dark. I liked I liked the line of she's got an attitude of everything I ever wanted and I got an attitude of need. Yes, which is where we we get kind of my thought was like addiction or like mm-hmm. this this obsession or whatever. Yeah, the line four thirty a.m. on a Tuesday doesn't get much worse than this. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, dude, <laughs> he's been there. He's been through something for sure. I was like, buddy, I, I've been there. I liked the bright refrain against the depressing uh, rest of the song, where it's this uplifting like. Perfect blue buildings, green apple seas. That's what made me like yeah. almost confused. I was like, it made it more nuanced and more complicated in a way that I did. I did like, and I think I think the the perfect blue buildings links to another line where he says, "There's a uh, there's a skeleton in every man's house." Where yes. it's like we've all got something we're keeping to ourselves. We've all got something that we're not sharing, and we're f- like the the brightness of we we sleep in perfect blue buildings is kind of saying mm. you don't. It's it's our armor. It's our guard. It's you. You only get to see the outside, the facade, but inside there's some dark. There's stuff. a dying man trying to get out. <laughs> I, I know this song. I know this song like the back of my fucking hand. At the end, he's repeating what he's most scared of. How am I going to keep myself away? How am I yeah. going to keep myself away? Which also, I I don't think it's necessarily in the song, but like the idea of like, well, in even when he's in that perfect blue house, like how is how do you keep away from yourself yeah. even in this perfect blue building? Yeah. Uh, for perfect blue buildings. Yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, the next song. So Anna begins. Ooh. <laughs> oh. So I I like the simple music of this. Like I was my head was swaying. Let's be clear. That doesn't mean that like this is a feel good song. No. Uh, and, and and musically, I did go. What the heck are they saying in the background at one point? Yeah. I don't. I couldn't. I don't know. Like, this song, I sat down and I was like, let me make sure I understand this narrative, right? Like, what is going on? Which is that, so the singer's friend says, you know, it's either all or nothing. Like, it's love or it's not. Like, mm-hmm. but don't worry about it. Uh, and the singer's like, yeah. Adam is like, doesn't worry about it. You know, quote, unquote. He's like, yeah. ah, yeah, wink, wink. I'm not worried about it. But he is. He, is. Like, he, he is. is worried about it. Right? And then uh, Anna doesn't think that it's love and thinks neither of them are ready for it, even if it is. And then kindness falls like rain, <laughs> which I have, you know, guesses. And uh, Adam starts to believe he's in love, right? Mm-hmm. You, you gotta, you have a good time, and you're like, this is probably love. And then he's like, but I'm not ready. Like it's like it's like this revelation, right? Like he's like, oh, I'm thinking I'm in love, but I'm not ready, right? Uh, and then they break up, and then he's like, well, shit. I wasn't ready for this either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a ride. <laughs> it tells you so much about him as a person and yep. whatever he's experiencing of, to, to be reductive, he, he needs to shit or get off the pot, yep. but he's scared to shit and he's scared to get off the pot. <laughs> yep. And, and either way, he's kind of unhappy because like right. he, he ends up doing one. It's, and e- it's either he's with this girl that he's not sure he can fully commit to yep. or his greatest fucking fear, loneliness. Yep. And yeah. This, did you have more? I don't want to. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. And 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 so I I uh I was thinking about and you pointed this out in the last song. I think it was last song. The attitude of need, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was also part. Right. It's, that's it's like he wants 
her, but then he doesn't. The but then he doesn't. does, yes. and then he's like, "But I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I don't mm. want. I don't want this. I'm not. I don't even want to call it love. If it's not love, we can't talk about it. Like this, like whole complicated feeling, and it really is because he's stuck in between these two options, and he doesn't want to make yeah. either of those choices. Yeah, I, I, I. It seems like he feels bad for not being able to be authentic with this woman. Yeah. And he's afraid to take the next step. And really what this is, is his relationship with commitment itself. Yes. I mean, the woman represents being committed and in a committed relationship or however he sees it. And he just can't move. And it's heartbreaking. This is a yeah. heartbreaking fucking song. And as established before, when I listened to it as a, on a close listen, this song made me cry. <laughs> I cried listening to this song. I've heard this song a million times. And I'm sitting there and just uh, crying. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned the first time it, uh, when kindness falls like rain, it washes her away. And Anna begins to change her mind. And like you were saying before... Uh, the next time it said, he goes, Anna begins to change my mind. Yep. And it's so, a huge... Yeah. And it, it's a gut punch. If you're really listening, it's just a heartbreaking thing of this man trying to figure out what he should do. And then, should you break up? Should you move on? And he's afraid of love. And then and then that line, she disappears. Yep. And fucking... And, and all along, <laughs> I'm not ready for this kind of thing. Just the guitar outro. I think it was very evident that he knows what he did. He knows he fucked oh, up. Yeah. Where I love just when the music cuts out on She Disappears. Yeah. It's like, look what you did, Well man. done. You did it again. Well done, Duritz. Oh, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of the song is this, these two lines. And for me, it, Adam is, is very uh, simple in a, in a lot of ways in a lot of his songs, right? And, and at least in this album, I can't act like I know all of uh, their uh, songs now. But small details do a lot of work for them, mm. right? And so the the line, because I don't get no sleep in a quiet room. Yes. Versus she's talking in her sleep. It keeps me awake. awake. That, right? That is doing so much work, mm. right? This idea of like, that is the, the shit or get off the pot mm-hmm. situation. That is being very clear with two details what it is that his struggle is. Is that he doesn't get any sleep in a quiet, a quiet room, room, but he also isn't getting sleep. <sighs> when he's with her but he so he's not winning either way but he doesn't what what does he do right it's only in his head <laughs> yeah so that's what i've got on anna begins this one i i like emotional arc yeah here for it it's an intimate song yes that's a good word yeah. for it and it's important before we move on i think it's because <laughs> i love this fucking song and it is important when, when kindness falls like rain so it's not some sort of tempestuous anger filled breakup what yeah. it, what's washing her away or, or him away yeah. is is kindness so it's 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 not anger or resent or or wrongdoing it's, it's a positive it's, thing. it's like maybe it's best to be washed away maybe it's best to be separated as painful as it as it is what's yeah. separating us is an act of kindness oof Ooh. oof I say i'm kind of deep out here uh so next we've got time and time again I think I've heard this song too. This really? is one of the other ones where I thought I had maybe heard it before. Love me a synth. I anytime you hear a synth, I don't know why, but the, my phrase when I hear a synth is like "take him to church," and I don't Take understand. Him to church. <laughs> I don't know why. The church is heavily synthesized, right? Well, yeah, depending uh, <laughs> depending on which mass. <laughs> and so, so we love a synth. Oh, when we're talking album structure. What a great follow-up song to that breakup song. Yeah. Like, to that song. Yeah. Ooh. I was like, this is well-placed. 
I, I thought the guitar solo was decent. I was like, a decent guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I wrote, gives me Fleetwood Mac dreams vibes. Uh, oh. Meaning, I'll find myself singing the chorus before I realize I'm singing the chorus. Ah, like, Because <laughs> nice. like, I was like, singing, I was like, oh, God dang it, they got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so that that's what I add on, uh, on time and time again. Yeah, this this one isn't one of my favorites on the album. Okay. It's, it's, it's fine. If that's one... There's two that I might skip depending on it's it's again just kind of him talking about being conflicted and wanting opposing things. Uh, he wants reward without risk. He says he wants to get in the, in the ocean without food wet. Same. He wants to see you walk away with no sensation of being left. And it's yeah, just speaking to the cyclical nature of that behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not really it's not a song I'd ever want really want to pop in. Yeah, no, it's not an Oxford choice, and that's okay. Yeah. So next we've got Rain King. We're back up. <laughs> yes, we are. So my first thought, like when it kind of started, when I was first saying, I was like, is this a country song? Like it felt more country than anything else on the album. But I also don't listen to country. Right. But it just had a little bit more of that vibe. And I got worried that they were going to do a Fleetwood Mac situation oh, with me where yeah, like, no. we really lean into it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I wrote, this is a montage song and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like, it, yep. just, it just is. The Postbridge synth, here for it. And now we've got some lines I was interested in here. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be able to grant you much more insight. <laughs> I love, it was, don't try to feed me, because I've been here before and I deserve a little more. And I felt like this, okay, so I'm going to read word for word what I wrote in my notes, Please. which is, I'm not buying what you're selling. I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I'm the motherfucking rain king. <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> that, oh my God. Like, that's why I was like, that's what he's like. This is that kind of song, right? Like, a, that's a rap mentality. That's, I was just gonna say, like, is this him being like, like the equivalent of like, I'm wearing the crown, I'm the best, yeah, like, can't I'll touch me, I'm the king, like that. It, it's a I'm the king song, wow. right? Which is on almost every rap album ever. Um, wow. And so that, and I mean, I don't know why he wants to be the rain king specifically, but like, this is what this is. But then we've got mama, mama, mama. Why am I so alone? I know. Don't you want to just hug him? Don't Buddy. you just want to hug him? <laughs> like, oh. Come out. Come out. We're, ha- we're going to trivia tonight. You don't have to be alone. Right, like, we will hang out. We'll hang out. It's fine, man. Come on. We buddy. like you. We like, you're <laughs> fine. You don't have to be sad. And then we've got the last chorus. We get some substance abuse again. So this is right, like, what yeah. I'm... Yeah. Uh, I belong anywhere but in between. She's been dying and I've been drinking. Yeah, I belong um, anywhere but in between. But that's where he keeps on fucking putting himself. Right. And he's like, I'm in between and I don't belong here. But that's why he's unsettled. That's why he's unhappy, right? Yes. That's why he's... Why this album exists is because he is in the in-between. And he belongs Ooh. anywhere but there. He knows he should be somewhere else. Uh, but he's either in the in-between or he's... In loneliness, which he desperately doesn't want to be in, or he's going to be in a relationship that that's, that's problematic, or, or he's going to be somewhere else that's also comes with a lot of problems. It makes sense. It's just, dang. Yes. <laughs> I wrote, when I think of dying, deliver me to black wing bird. I, I, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I, I tried. Uh, I think, I I think I, it's I like, a reference right. to the crows of it all. And but I, I thought oh, so. But we had a bird reference, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Don't feed me." And for some reason, I immediately <laughs> please don't feed birds. Yeah, I was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> don't do that." Yeah, you actually hit on everything I said again. Oh yeah, because he's the motherfucking king. He's the rain king. <laughs> it's a it's a declaration of of what he wants and getting out of the in between, as difficult as that may be. Yeah. All right. So then we've got Sullivan Street. Ooh. First things first. I love the way he says Sullivan. Ooh. <laughs> Love the way he says it. I okay, I wanted to know if maybe you knew this. So there are female backing vocals here. Who is that? Do you know? 
I don't. Okay, because I was there's a woman, and I didn't know if there was always a woman in the band. I don't know how this band works. I, I, I've heard I've heard that song so many times, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never thought to look into it. So, but it, so to be clear though, uh, Counting Crows is just him and a drummer. Is my guess? Oh or? no, there's there's several members. There's, how many? Okay, are I they believe women? Five. I believe five. No, none of them. None of them. Were, so this it would be a feature. It would be a feature. This yeah. would be a feature. Okay, because that's why I was wondering. I was like, oh, is this just a a band member that I haven't heard yet that is now singing because this works and for this song? Why on of all these? If they have access, yes, if, to, if this to is the person that you. Why if all? Uh, why do you need a female vocal on Sullivan Street? I know. Let's so that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's into it. I was interested. I was like, all right. I was like, okay. And so I wrote down the classic. I was loving finding the same line switch up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I was calling it. So I'm almost drowning in her seas. She's nearly fallen to her knees. Take the way home. And then verses. We've got. I'm almost drowning in her seas. She's nearly crawling on her mm-hmm. knees. She's down on her knees. Verses. I'm almost drowning in her sea. She's nearly crawling on her knees. It's almost everything <gasps> I need. I'm down <gasps> on my knees. Oh, you're killing me. It's so good. Oh. It's so good. I love this song. I love this song. Do we have Do we have an answer on female vocals? Uh, so it is Maria McKee. Maria who, says she's dying. Who is <gasps> also the Maria <gasps> sings about? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Is she dying? <laughs> door he heard her crying why i don't know right <laughs> whoa Ooh. okay i wonder i guess so she must have been some some sort of old flame yeah somewhat do you have more thoughts on this no but yeah the, the, <laughs> everything you just said and and he draws out it's almost everything i need it, in that he hits that need for like 15 seconds and i <laughs> love it i love it yep apparently adam duritz has quoted saying that Maria is largely fictional, or that he is actually Maria, but apparently oh. it's this Maria Maria McKee, though. Maria McKee. So, no, no, no. Uh, he, just... he has said in past that it is fictional, or that he is Maria. Interesting. But it is Maria McKee. It's the one that's singing, and that is who that is. Okay. Uh, apparently. Uh, uh, I would choose Maria as, as a... As a... I, I, I okay. can see her as Well, fictional. this is interesting, because we haven't had this conversation yet, because we haven't listened to this album. But, like, Kendrick Lamar has a constant thing in, in, his, in his concept albums in which he, like, uh, a person, he picks a name, and that is a persona that embodies something, okay. right? Rather than it being a person. Mm-hmm. So, I assumed Maria was something like that, if not just, like, an actual person he dated. I'm not sure. Now I'm super confused about the fact that he identifies as Maria. Interesting. It might have been... Wow. That's going to be... Yeah, I'm going to come back to that. I, yeah. I was not prepared to have a conversation about that. <laughs> um, so, like yeah. I said, I absolutely love this song. It evokes nostalgia. Ooh. Like, it's, you can tell this is someplace... I mean, he says, take the way home leads back to Sullivan Street. That obviously meant something. Home, take the way home, feels like a return mm. for him. And he says, uh, there's the line, the shadows fall whenever we meet. And I was trying to think, what would mean shadows falling? Like, would that mean it's nighttime, or would that mean it's daytime? Shadows fall. Fall. Uh, you know, sh- uh, shadows grow and stretch in relation to the sun, of course. We don't yeah. know. I fucking need to tell you that. So if it falls down... It would either be... Like you're casting a shadow, and it's... That's... Yeah, you... Yeah. So, because, like, a shadow would fall across your face, right? right. So that means, like, they're, so I guess they're there. It's getting late? Yeah, so it, it could be it could be morning or night. It's like Or, like, dawn or dusk, right, is my thought. There. Okay. It's like, it's, it's the angle of 
shadow. Right. It would be long shadows, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Which, which means probably night. Nighttime, right? Yeah. It would make the most sense. That's what I was thinking. And they have the line where all the bodies hang on the air. I was thinking that might just be if he's returning to a, like a lifeless old town where it's just mm-hmm. kind of people walking yeah. around. Uh, well, which would be actually a reference back to the, the first song where like this kind of like fog of being in, a, in of people, right? There's this airiness to it. What does he say in the beginning when he, the white on white line has something mm-hmm. to do with fog, right? Like people go step out the front door, like goes into the fog where no one notices. Kind there of it is. Away. It's into the fog, right? Which I think is the outside. <laughs> you pulled that line just right away. It's tattooed just on my Just to be brain. very clear, there were no references, like sheets there. That no. was very much, he just knew that line. I, um, I love this <laughs> album. He's actually got the whole album tattooed on his left. Yeah, throughout his body. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. It's, that would be... No. Kai Pierce of you. There... <laughs> on a memento of Counting Crows. I would... That might be the whitest thing you could do is get a Counting Crows tattoo. <laughs> so when are you getting But it? I'm close to it. <laughs> Uh, He's like, I'm not fully opposed to the idea. I don't think I don't think I ever I don't, get know, I don't know that that would be the whitest thing you could do. That's true. So I feel like this is this song is kind of about an old flame not acknowledging him when he's back home. He's oh. going, uh, she remembers, but she hides it whenever we meet. I didn't catch that. And now that you say that, I want to re-listen to it and feel that. Yes, you should. <laughs> uh, then he has a very interesting way. Uh, <laughs> the final outro, he sings a, a, a line that's very, very strangely, almost like Yosemite Sam. He goes, where uh, I'm just another writer, burn to the ground. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he really hits that like, there's no way you can imitate that sound without doing what I just did. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I, I noticed something in Sullivan Street. He almost always ends all of his songs in a weak position or a position of Ooh, powerlessness. You're very right. Um Except for I, I wouldn't. I'm not sure about that with Rain King. Now I'd have to go back. Well, no, yeah, because that's we let we end with she's been dying and I've been drinking. You're right. He always but he, he does have. I can't believe we, we exited Rain King without mentioning his like ear piercing. Yeah, oh, at the yeah. end. That's the best part to sing in the car. <laughs> that makes it. But I was like, okay, buddy, let's bring it down. He was feeling himself. You were, he's fucking Rain King. Okay, he's right. fucking Rain King. Uh, so are you gonna take Rain King now? I could. Oh my god! If anyone's the goddamn Rain King, it's me. You could be. Oh, I got a new like username. I got all these new things. <laughs> Rain King. Oh shit! I'm jealous. I'm here for it. Damn it! I'm pretty excited. I'm about so okay, so that's funny because. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, because like my a, a nickname I use a lot is like I'll be Mister Make It Rainy. Yes, but like Rain King, Rain King is just nice and, and simple. Ghost yeah, train? let's let's go Ghost Train. Uh, simple, simple for me. Yeah, uh, very simple. The only thing that is, I was like, this chorus does make me think of an angsty high school Jamie who just <laughs> wanted someone to ask him, "How do you do? <laughs> how do you do? <laughs> just how do you do, buddy? Oh." Like, how you do? And you're just going through the hallways, just like yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't want you to have too much of a negative view of me in high school. So I'll just, I mean, I was kind of a lone wolf. Uh-huh. Like I, I, I could blend into whatever group. Yeah, I, I was in. Like I could find, I could find a place to sit at lunch. Right. But as far as being asked, like, hang out on the weekends. Yeah. Not so much. So I, I, I kind of 
chameleoned my way around. I hear you. Until, I mean, I did that for freshman through sophomore year. And then I took I took a drama class my senior <laughs> year because I was like, oh, this will be easy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did plays in middle school. And then all of a sudden, like, I had a friend group and I was yep. being... Well, so you were a theater kid. I, I, I was a theater <laughs> kid, but I didn't fucking know it. Yeah. And, you know, after rehearsal, you know, I auditioned for the play because I liked... The people I like them enough to be like, oh, maybe if I audition for the play, I'll get in. We'll see. And yeah. next thing I know, I'm getting like calls like, oh, we're going here after that. I was like, after rehearsal, you want to hang out after rehearsal? Yeah, not even just after the required time. Yeah, exactly, we have. exactly. Yep. So, so that uh, all of a sudden, that's where I kind of figured out uh, I had value in some way in a, in a mm. group. So before I kind of found my voice or my people or whatever the fuck yeah. you want to say it was, I would just kind of float floating around. And people were not asking you, how do you do They were not asking me how to work. And, and wanting to know. And I think that's kind of it too, right? Yeah. It's not just like, a, hey, how are you? It's like the idea of, how do you do? Like, I really want to know. Yeah. That feeling of wanting that from people, I think is really understandable and relatable. Yeah. I, I, I had that he sees love as this ethereal but motivating factor as, as a ghost train and experiencing random encounters. Mm. Each How Do You Do. Um, yes, that brings right. us to Raining in Baltimore, which is the song I skipped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you want to talk about uh, why? Uh, because <laughs> it's too fucking sad. It's too <laughs> fucking sad. I can't I can't yeah. even get enjoyment out of it because it's, it's beyond being sad. It's fucking pathetic. Mm. It's pathetic. Mm. I feel like I'm, I'm stealing this away from you. No, I'm, I'm here for but it. But I wrote, get this man a fucking raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> he, he asks for a raincoat yep. so many times, and this is him repeating at his worst, yep. I would say, to a point where I don't want to listen to this song. It's a lot. The only part that redeems this song at all is the way he sings 3,500 Miles. That is what gets it for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it's a song that's, that's he just like sends it out there. <laughs> I, I like that. I was like, so with with this song... I like the first refrain, and then we get to more raincoats. But the first one is just, you know, <laughs> I need a phone call. I need a raincoat. I need a big love. Ugh. I need a... And I love it being buried in the four of those. Mm. The, I need a big love being buried between the other ones. I liked that. And that's when I was like, you know, what's impressive to me about this album is the constant, simple vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is constant. And I was like, it's not often said in the most eloquent way. Mm-hmm. Okay, we just really need a raincoat. Really need a raincoat. Uh, but it's real, and, it, and it's raw. I got confused on the sound in the back. I thought that was an accordion. And I was like, that's not right. But I also don't think I know what an accordion sounds like. But it sounded weird. I think Uh, (laughs) it it may have been, I think it may have been an accordion or it may have been one of those weird like sousamophones from from, uh, Punch Drunk Love. I don't know if you guys have What? It is some sort of squeeze box. Okay, because yeah, and I was like, I don't think I like it. Oh, I did have a question. Do you think that he was really into model trains growing up? Because he, that's an image that he uses pretty frequently. He what is he saying trains. in Baltimore? I can't, I can't remember. I didn't write the line okay. down. He just, like, he just writes something about needing a ticket to a train or something like that. And it is the same, th- we got it right after Ghost Train. And right. I was just like, was he into trains? Is that Maybe that's that what isolated him. <laughs> he is really a he really train is guy. He's a train guy. And he, and, and he couldn't fit the conductor hat over his little baby dreads. And he's just like, <laughs> the dreads. I can't, I'm still not imagining him with dreads, and I need to every time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wrote, how badly does he need a raincoat? Number of really in the last verse. God, yeah. 
He says, he really needs a raincoat. Really, really needs a raincoat. Really, really, really needs a raincoat. Really needs a raincoat. For a total of seven times, he says, really. Yes, again. After already saying raincoat a million times. And really is in the same family as very. Yes. In terms of writing. Yep. So, I'm trying to give him credit. I... But to be very clear, I don't like it. But, <laughs> but I think those are two of the most common things to avoid. Yeah. So by hammering down on them, I gotta say it's a choice. I don't think the choice worked or paid off, and it could have been stronger overall had he made a different choice. Not in the reallys, at least. And, or too many of them, because the, the earlier in the other song, it was like four times. He mm-hmm. had, he, or you needed Barry, and I think he said three. It was three or four times. And I, it was cute. This one, I was like, this is... you got to pick another word you've got to stop this um so that was that was that but i didn't i didn't dislike the song i want to be clear i didn't dislike the song uh, yeah but I, I also would i i understand it being the skip I, I yeah i can't i can't give it a full dislike but i never want to listen to it it, it sounds like your least favorite on the album at least. by far yeah far and away yes. yeah all right so then we've got a murder of one yes so before we go into it yep I, I, i'm sure you know what, what a group of crows is referred to. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to explain it. Um, oh, so, right, Jesus. <laughs> no, we're done. So, <laughs> a, a group of crows uh, is called... Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> a group of crows is referred to as a murder of crows. So, once again, we're tapping back into the theme of loneliness yep. by calling this song a murder of one. Yeah, yeah. we're a group of one. Mm. And that's... Oof. So, I wrote uh, the drums and the bass in this are the true heroes. I just really liked that. I don't like It wasn't, nothing about this album musically was like astounding and yet I loved it. So that's... You, you didn't find anything astoundingly musical about this one? I want uh, to be clear. Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, wow. Okay, I really like, I really like this. I, I liked, I liked the, I liked the drums and I liked the... Oh, well, that's uh, what yeah. I said, like the drums and the bass, but like, I don't think that they are, I'm not a musician, but something about it, it tells me that it is not super complicated or hard, 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 <laughs> technically good okay. i don't know okay. like i don't okay. know and, and so my guess was like oh it probably isn't but i like it yes right okay it's and um yeah and, and and so i think what's gonna be interesting is when we have the conversation about which album is, is better the idea and the argument that we have often about favorite versus mm-hmm. best has come up in my head a lot during this listening session i love the, the i was like name alert casting shadows on the winter sky as you stood there counting crows i was like oh okay that's our name i'm so excited uh, <laughs> Counting Crows. Right, and that's that's the, uh, so when they break it down, one for sorrow, two for joy, three for girls, four for boys, that's the that's the actual nursery rhyme. Oh, That's okay. the actual nursery rhyme that they base it off. I of. did not know that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so I got the line, like, you don't want to waste your life, change, change, change. Yes! Is, it is, oh, yes! It is such an, I thought it was. Chills, a, again, I legitimate chills. I thought it was a great way to end the album. Yes. Uh, it feels like the sun is rising, right? Ooh. Like, uh, which, and I get it because I, I added a lot of positivity to this, but I thought it was because after what we've had, because um, right. <laughs> this is coming out of uh, Raining in Baltimore. And so mm-hmm. after such a sad song, I was like, this feels like a breath of fresh air, Absolutely. even though it's, it's still complicated, but it was like, we were in the dark, lonely, drowning. And now there's literal changing because it felt like there was agency. Like, like you like change your life, like change the idea of agency to me immediately equates to hope, right? Like the idea of possibility of change, mm. which there are songs where it doesn't sound like anything is going to change, right? Yeah. Like that it's a little bleak. This idea of change 
really created this like movement to me and a little bit of hope. And I was like, oh, yeah, I agree hundred percent. I love that. This is the way the album is sent off. This does feel like blowing the doors out. Kind of that, that like final number that's going to send yep. you out. Um, I wish he could have had a 12 minute long monologue about how he put, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about how he just got here. Right. right. Uh, uh, so, uh, and being misunderstood. Yes. <laughs> oh God. So, this new information that just came down the wire of of him identifying as Maria has kind of put a different lens on this song for oh. me. So he he it, it seemed like he was seeing someone in a bad relationship. You know, he's saying yeah. you know you can look outside your window. He doesn't have to know. And he's saying to her, "All your love is just a dream." And he he did say, "I've been watching you for hours." It's been years since you were born. I was like, maybe you should. Yeah, that was a little like. What do you even if you're a little little friendly crow watching somebody for hours <laughs> yeah. isn't appreciated, and then telling telling them that their love and relationship is bad, probably not appreciated. That's some toxic shit. There's that line that I spoke of in the beginning: the bird that nests inside you, nesting underneath your skin, and when you open up your wings to speak, I hope you let me in. So maybe this bird imagery is about agency. Yeah, and it, and and what you really want? If there's there's a, there's mm. there's something that nesting inside you that's wanting to fly. Yes. that by its nature is flight represented. Holy shit! Yep. I'm cracking the goddamn code on this song because <laughs> that's what I got, and, and I got the agency. Play. There is something you want. You don't like. like so, this is not real, and you can go for what you really yes. want. change. Do it. So, Do it. So if he's <laughs> singing to a woman, that could be Maria, and it could be he could be talking to himself recognizing the potential within himself and that he does not want to waste his life and that he must change. And then he went out and banged Courtney Cox. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I I joke, but I I think you're right. I think that's it. But he did, he, this album did bring him fame and fortune and it was through fucking opening himself up and letting his guts spill out in a deeply intimate way that is I know you know this, but writing from a place of honesty with that level of vulnerability is not easy. <laughs> Even if you want to call this band lame and lump them in <laughs> with, with shitty bands, I, I defy you to listen to this album, give it a close uh, give it a close listen and tell me it's not evocative and tell me it's not vulnerable and honest. Uh, no joking, I am so happy you enjoyed this album. I, I am so happy. I thoroughly. Spread, I've spread this album to someone who is in a receptive place for it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, this is, um, I would listen to this album again. Like I, like, I hope you actively. do. I like, hope you do. Put that on. And there's more. I mean, they got, they got plenty more albums too. You can check them out. I mean, the, I, I think that's their best, but, Hey there, Editor Taylor here. I just wanted to take a second to step across the tracks and put my producer hat on here. In the future, this segment will be covered by our sad boys, Caleb and Jamie. But since we've recorded in mass to start out, you get me today. (laughs) I wanted to thank you all for listening to episode three of The Other Side of the Tracks. Uh, And I also wanted to thank the Melker Project for the use of their arrangements never going down again. Check them out for more great arrangements. I also wanted to discuss our sponsors for today's episode. 
If you want to sponsor an episode of The Other Side of the Tracks, hit us up at othersideofthetrackscast at gmail.com, and we can set something up. If you'd like to assist us in keeping the lights on over at SadBoyHQ, you can do so with our Patreon at patreon.com slash tracks. Your support means the world to us. Our sponsors today are our very own sad boy, Caleb the Negro Artist Rainey, who has two books of poetry out, as well as a spoken word album of his first book, Look, Black Boy. You can scope that out at thenegroartist.com and snag yourself some of his great work. Our other sponsor today is me. My podcast, The Tantalus Tales, a D&D real play, have a listen, and thank you again for tuning in to The Other Side of the Tracks. Hello, my name is Taylor. I am the DM and lore master of the Tantalus Tales, a real-play D&D podcast following the misadventures of three unlikely heroes across the universe. So, who wants to save the world? Am I getting paid for this? Uh, shut up, Bakar, yes. Well, I'd say that if, if the world is gone, we probably won't get paid. Can I give it to my god? I, I mean, ideally, no. Alright, so are we just going to solve this in our usual method, you guys? So, you guys try to sneak, and when you get caught, I kill them? More or less. Let's just drench the flagstones in blood like we normally do. Do we want to do help me? I'm okay with the quest that I'm currently on. I'm not here to save the world. The car, I swear to god, <laughs> any god, you're going to get it. Join us for more misadventures on the Tantalus Tales wherever you find podcasts. You, I, I can, I can put you. I can make a little playlist for you of like. But highlights now I'm songs. worried about the fact that I can't tell people like, yo, I'm checking out. Kind of crows. I'm like Nickelback. Is what you said. Is it, like, <laughs> it's the same. I, I don't know why they got. You know, I'll own it. You should. I liked it. I mean, I mean, I'm going out. I, I'm going to have to go out there as a 35, 34 year old white dude, being like, "Oh yeah, I did like the Carter Three. I enjoyed it." Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to lie to the people. All right, I, 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 I enjoyed the Carter Three, and I really enjoyed Take Care. I enjoyed the shit out of Take Care. Yes. Yeah. I, oh. So a little bit, a little bit about Drake uh, was born Aubrey Drake Graham in Toronto in 1986. So mm-hmm. he is my age. Uh, he had a starring role on Degrassi, the, <laughs> the teenage drama, uh, from 2001 to 2007. And he signed to Lil Wayne's Young Money, Young Money label. Young Money. Take <laughs> Young Care. Ula, babe. <laughs> Take Care was his second studio album and met with critical success. And Drake states he was inspired musically by Jay-Z. Uh, in 2009, Drake released his third mixtape, So Far Gone. Which was so successful, it got re-released as an EP and features a, a collaboration with Lil Wayne for the song "I'm Going In." And I'm going in. I'm going, going in. in. <laughs> Dude, so I have a personal connection to that song. Ooh, my, okay. my friend Keelan, uh, who is g- uh, gonna be coming up over and over again because he's uh, part of the black community that and, you know, and, and, and that I that he and I share, uh, is the black friend. I don't want to say that. <laughs> he, he's he's you have um, a black friend. He's my you black are also, friend. He's also a good friend. Who of yours. Extremely so close to which yeah. we share a, a deep deep love, like a JD Turk Scrubs level love. It, that's, that's 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 what that is. Is this your shout out to Keelan? It is. Hi Keelan, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is also Katie's coming out. Uh, well, not quite. 
we're not there. No homo. Uh, <laughs> the little way, no homo. <laughs> but th- but he's he's how I experienced cookouts. Yeah. That through and listening to little did I know I'd listened to college dropout before, but it wasn't. Yeah. I never gave it a close. It's listen. a passive. It's yeah. A, it's a passive kind of thing. Um, also, where pretzels come from. It's also where pretzels comes from. He's an important important part of this podcast for sure. But it, around 2011, 2010, somewhere in there, we went on a beach trip to Ocean City. Uh, okay. And every time we we did shots, he would put on "I'm Going In." Yes. Hello, motherfucker. Hey, hi, how you doing? Like, I know this song. I know the fucking song. So when when I, when I was when I was researching it. I was like, oh my god, fuck it, I've got to I know something, I know something. <laughs> and I didn't know it was... That, that's Drake? And that's Drake. Oh. It, I'm about to take a shit in here and on a toilet bowl, well, bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Take Care uh, was praised as, quote, an affecting masterpiece, and drew a lot of comparisons to Kanye's early work. Uh, some personal stuff with Drake, uh, he, he dated Rihanna from t- 2008 to 2016, which may have influenced his ongoing feud with Chris Brown. Drake seems to have, through my research, I can't tell if it's something he's doing or attitudes towards him, but he seems to have a decent amount of feuds or beefs going on. He got punched in the face by Diddy outside of a, outside of a club, and he had to go to the hospital for it. Apparently he had a feud with Kanye a little bit that's like lightly ongoing and doesn't seem to be an active kind of thing and there's a meek mill situation yeah that Um, one do you want to know i think there's an interesting thing where uh drake comes in he changes the game Mm -hmm. in a very distinct way and kind of the way he does it is that he's soft right Mm -hmm. but then he constantly is also like i'm hard and what a comparison right what a confusing thing for those who come in and just say they're hard all the time right like i'm gangster like what's up Mm -hmm. what do you do with that interaction with a dude who's like well i'm just as famous as you and i'm soft and then he said he has the bravado, even though he's, even though his song's like "I love you" and soft, right? So it's really confusing. And I think that that disrupts a lot of typical relationships between rappers. So it's perceived when he comes and says, "You know, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm so hard. I'm the best. I'm, I'm tough." It's perceived as no, like I'm not buying it. That is what happens, right? Okay. Someone's like, "No, no, you're you're, you're Drake. You're a singing nigga." Like <laughs> this is what they say. Like, like yeah. and, and and he's like, "Well, you're right, but I'm still just as big, and I also do rap, as we see mm. it. Like he does have songs yes. where he just drops some verses." And so I think that's it. it. It's he's somewhat of an outsider, not anymore. He was something I cut that um, around this time. This this album came out 2011, 2012. Something that even got through to me was there were there are lots of memes. I remember seeing a lot of memes about Drake and kind of making fun of him. But also, he was really popular. So I, I did talk yes. to Keelan about this. I, I was like, I was like, wait, do, do black people like him or not? <laughs> because I'm getting very mixed messages, and it seems like that's we were confused. Okay, right? Because he's coming 2011. But like you listened to when when was um, the Carter three? That was 2008, right? Yes. So we're talking similar years, close to each other. That you have Lil Wayne, who's not soft at all, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's ridiculous and kind of funny yeah right but like he he's also hard and so we still have this gangster persona that exists right and kanye and that's why he gets connected to kanye because kanye chipped away at that stone a little bit Mm -hmm. by going on gangster but then like having the softness of like his mom and like all that kind of stuff we've got that chipping away and then drake goes i am soft like you know like he just steps into it okay and so that is we're like we don't know how to we don't know how to deal with that we also have to acknowledge even though drake is not gay that we know of raging 
homophobia and lack of being able to address feelings and those things being connected often. Okay. And uh, to a certain macho-ness, uh, I would say in all of homophobicness, but uh, specifically in black culture, is that you then have to be hyper-masculine. Right. And so to be hyper masculine mm. is to dominate someone who doesn't seem masculine enough to you. Mm. So there's that. Right. But at the same time, those who are most hyper masculine are soft because right. we're human you're, you're and we have feelings. Up. And so behind closed doors in a perfect blue building, you would you would you would listen to Drake. Right. Like if you okay. were even if you're a hyper masculine dude, I think there's at some point it's, it's a bit somewhere where he's like some really hard gangster dude that comes up to Drake and is like, yo, can you sign the CD? They're like, this is for my sister. You know, like, this is not for me, but like, whatever. And then he comes home and he like cries. And listening to the album. <laughs> like, that's like kind of the thing, right? And so that's, it's a common contention that okay. happens. And I think he's now just kind of earned his way. But, gotcha. but uh, at, this point, at this point, he's still paving the way. And as he talks about later, then people are following. Mm-hmm. And once people follow, and he says, all my children, right? And in the later song, that's when he starts becoming the king of that. And therefore respected more okay and more. earning his way a little bit yeah last thing i want to say before we get into the album uh just bringing up some allegations as we have to yep uh of grooming <laughs> specifically uh millie bobby brown and billy eilish apparently oh heavens Supposedly. no though strange to be texting a 14 year old at the age of 31 there's no evidence to suggest any illicit activities between them but that's kind of the creepiness of grooming in itself but we don't Billy Eilish has come out in defense of Drake. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> he seems like such a nice guy. Uh, almost exactly what she said. Oh, good. Uh, because he apparently is the nicest guy ever. Because I, I, I did do a little reading on it, and, and she refers to him, uh, or uh, Brown re- refers to him as like a bigger brother type. Honestly, giving him credit and just wanting to look for the good in people, I could see him seeing somebody being a rising child star and wanting to be a stable ground for them. And he kind like, of was himself, right? Because right. like, he's that's a what, teenager that's actor. Like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So, you know, you know, look out for this. Watch out for that. Don't do that. Don't go to that party. Let's. Let, I, I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I guess we have four, three, four years to find out if that was or not. Yes. So Yeah. yeah. And until then, I'm going to hold. Yes. Oh, oh. Hold yeah, the line. <laughs> so first, for, uh, first track for Take Care is Over My Dead Body. It comes in with these distorted piano and these haunting vocals and just sets this mood. I can almost feel like laying out in a pool looking up at the stars or mm-hmm. something at the end of a long night. I like the line, shout out to the Asian girls, let the lights dim so Yes! I wrote that one too. I love that line. It's a great line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you give you? Oh, no, that was good. I enjoyed it. And we... Talks about a, a bar mitzvah, and I'm convinced it's the first time bar mitzvah has ever come up in a rap. Well, he's, he's Jewish. Jewish. Yes. <laughs> I liked that it felt very self-aware, reflective, mm. and somber. Uh, the line, I know you don't love me, and you're trying to take me away. I was wondering who that was directed to, and I think it might be directed to the concept of success itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I think you I, you know it a lot, and I think I've never used that word before, and I like it of self aware. Like mm-hmm. I and I think bringing that into the rapping world and the sing song rapping world, as as they joke about Drake, is really powerful, and he does it really well. Where he's just like, I know myself in kind of the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah. Right? The thing that I thought was funny, right, is um. I love the line, I thought I found the girl of my dreams in the strip club. Mm, fuck it, I was wrong, though, which <laughs> yeah. is how we start. Um, high school Caleb, who had never been to a strip club, and to be clear, I've still never been to a strip club, 
really identified with this line. <laughs> oh, like I said, I don't need to go. Yeah, no, it, it. it was, it was, um, it was, it was the idea of, and I think this is funny. High school Caleb was really reaching, I guess. I thought I found the girl of my dreams in the strip club. To me, it was, I thought I found the girl of my dreams in something lustful, right? Like in okay. something like physically like alluring. We're going to learn a lot about high school Caleb. Let's in go. This, in this uh, development of this uh, album. So... I identify with Drake in a lot of ways. And so I thought that that line, I was like, you're right. Like, I thought I found love with this lady, but... Mm-mm. So, was there... Did you come from a Christian home? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, was there something about... Was there something about your character in high school that was like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be more moral. I'm gonna have the moral high ground. I don't need that lustful thing. Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> high school kid was not moral at all. Oh, uh, it's pretty not. I, so, however, very moral nowadays. I would like to say, yeah, <laughs> I like to think so. No, I, uh, and this is a story I tell in, in other situations in life, but like yeah, high school kid was the worst version of who I've ever been. Really? Um, yes. Oh, wow. And, in a, in a lot of ways, and I think this album mentions it and hits the points that I felt really bad about, and we'll talk about the lines that hit me the strongest Please, yeah. and what why that was. And then at the end of high school, I was like, I'm going to be a good man. Huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And then my whole life changed. Right. Wow. Shout out to the high school girlfriend I got that I was like, I'm gonna be a better man for you, and I was a better man for Aww. five and a half years. It was cute, whatever. Yeah, Honestly, but like, but all through high school, bad. Uh, and wow. so. That was me going, like, there was a constant thing of, like, I have never really been unsuccessful with ladies. So, like, I, (laughs) (laughs) so I was, like, things were happening, and I was, like, oh, like, this is meaningful. And then I'm, like, no, it's not. It was that kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. I, I, I wrote the Asian girls let the light to dim some. I loved motherfucking funny guy. (laughs) Do you want me to break your Kevin Hart? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And at this time, you know, Kevin Hart's like building. This yeah. is like a that's a hot name to drop in a song, and we were like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I don't think I'd heard of Kevin Hart until like two thousand, like right around. Yeah, this is right the time. Around. This is a he great is very song hard to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we love the piano overall. Mm. Great song. Yes, yeah, yeah. love it. <laughs> uh, next up, we got "Shot for Me." I like that feeling again. This is when you think of a song "Shot for Me" on a rap album. That's not what I was expecting. It, it, it was almost like regretting it. Mm-hmm. The way he's saying, take a shot for me. It isn't, you know, take a shot for me. It's, it's, it's you know. It's, it's not shot, shot, no. shot, shot, yes, shot, shot, shot. That's what like, I was it's not expecting. That. <laughs> but it was distant. And it, was, mm-hmm. it, it was almost like he was holding up a shot to people who weren't there. And saying, you know, take a shot for me. It, it meant something. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a casual throwaway thing. This yeah. shot specifically. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like he's saying goodbye to somebody that unfortunately he feels like he he's made her who she is but the um, line is first i made you who you are and then i made it yes <laughs> um and, you know, the way you walk that's me the way you talk that's me and maybe who you are and it seems like he's once again at odds with his success and not being able to see his girl mm-hmm. I, I forget the exact line but it was saying you know i'm, I'm out there doing my thing and now Oh, I have the line if you want to know. And and now you're mad that you don't see me or whatever. Yeah, uh, she says you're always busy doing things. I wish she had a different different way of viewing things. things. And then it goes into my favorite part of the song, which is, bear with me because I love it. 
Okay, look, I'm honest, girl. I can't lie. I miss you. You and the music were the only things that I'd commit to. I never cheated for the record back when I was with you, but you believed in everything but me, girl. I don't get you. Ooh. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down the you and music is all I commit to. Yeah. So it's it does seem, it seems like he wishes her well, but he feels personally wronged by her. Where it's like, where it's like I put all this effort into you. Yeah. I don't know what, I got to go out there. I got to be successful. I, I don't know what else. I could have done differently to change this situation. Yep. So here we are. Take a shot for me. I think this, and, and maybe it was in our, was it in the Davy Bowie? David, call him Davy. Davy like Bowie. We're, like we're close. Bowie like friends. Like Davy. Like stop. <laughs> David Bowie, I think it was that one where he was talking about the perception of everyone uh, of him, right? And mm-hmm. him changing for himself kind of thing. I think Drake hits this a bit. He's got the line, I think the city that we're from just kind of ruined things. Mm-hmm. It's such a small place, not much to do but talk and listen. The men are jealous and the women all in competition. And all your friends telling you stories that you m- often misinterpret and taint all of your images of Mr. Perfect, right? So there's this idea of like, everyone else has something to say about me and my mm. success and that's messing with what we have. But you're um, not getting it from the source. Right. And, why and, are- and look, I'm honest. I was committed to you and the music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and for some reason you didn't believe it. It's kind of a frustrating... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a painful song. Yeah. It, it's definitely coming from a place of anguish. Now, what I wrote, because I was like, oh, let me make sure I, I, I share this, is when the niggas get drunk and in their feelings, you put this song on and they will sing every word, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I have videos really? of just like, you know, it, it, it'll be the bros. They're hanging out, whatever. And you're listening and if you're drinking and you guys are mm-hmm. hanging out and then there's a certain moment yep, yep, in the night where yep. it gets a little bit emotional right like or noted and this comes on and everyone's just like it's a soft take a shot for me and they're like drinking and they're just like <laughs> moving around and they're like this is it and they close their eyes and they're like singing along to it um and they all have their own personal like soft moment i have videos of the whole crew my whole crew just like that happens you turn it on and this happens so, so this is a so this this is like fucking don't stop believing for white people yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> just gonna say that that's kind of so this is the song that would play at like the end of the night for, for, specifically for if you're with a group of okay. guys right because okay. this it's it's that premise of girl you don't get me girl mm. you're not happy girl i i gave you what i had right i made you that i'm um and then and then i made it right like i was with you and i was about to grind and you didn't respect it and that's the problem was kind of you. That's a song emotionally that men can can express publicly or with other people. So this is this is a song that's a soft place to fall, even amongst the most hard. Yeah. Because it's yeah. saying a girl wronged you, right? Right. It's not like, and and we all kind of get it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the ten thousand miles for white guys. <laughs> I also want to say, so this is also the line: "May your neighbors respect you, yes. trouble neglect you, angels protect you, and heaven accept you." At the time of this album, that is numerous Facebook statuses. That is that, that is that is just people are dropping that line. There's a caption to just some picture of something. It is all over the. Was that that? It's funny because that that stuck out to me as cheesy. It what it is. Yeah. It is cheesy. It was a little cheesy. And so that's what was, and that's what gets picked for for a Facebook status slash Insta caption. Right. Wasn't that big or didn't exist? So I, I think the equivalent around that time. For white people, status was: Can we pretend the airplanes in the night sky are like yes. shooting stars? <laughs> yeah. 
And I didn't know that song, and I saw a million of them. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why is everyone saying this? It's like, if you're pretending it's a shooting star, it's not a shooting star. The wish won't come true based on your, your perception of it. It's not a shooting star. I don't know why I turned into Jerry Seinfeld right there. Um, uh, but may your neighbors respect you. So It's, uh, it's because you're white. <laughs> and Aren't you all the same? And may heaven accept you. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's what I have for shot for me. That one is like is the closest thing I would say to an oxcord choice in which like it's a funny one. Okay. Like you play it and Watch everyone's gonna know it. People are gonna sing it. Even if it's not the end of the night and we're not in the emotional point, if you play it, it's gonna turn. It'll be like you'll you'll see a mumble in it. Uh, I'm like, yeah, like, we know these it's words. It's like playing Mr. Brightside for white girls. Yes. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just learned that the lead singer of that band is not British. No, not at all. He's like from Las Vegas. Yeah. I won't give you the kiss. <laughs> right, I, like, I don't know who they are, so that's fine. Uh, next, all right. So wait yeah. till episode twenty-three. Next up, we got headlines. Uh, I really like the '80s synth and the driving, that driving uh, drum beat. Uh, up by the end, I was singing along. Ooh. We love it. I like the line, you're saying, you want to see the old Drake, don't tempt me. Just wanting to go, the, the, the idea of some something about his old ways, I don't know exactly what they are, but being able to fall back on that might be easy, or, 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 or he might be able to gain some value in it in one way, but currently he can't because he's He's getting better. He's doing yep. better. He's being more open, being more successful. And uh, the other thing I wrote is I, I had a physical response. Like, I was definitely bopping along. To yes. I, I, unfortunately, I don't have too much more. That's fine. That. Yeah. Headliner was, what Headlines was a headliner. Like, it was it, it was one of the songs that got a lot of play oh, okay. off, of this, off of this album. Uh, a single, if I, I if I do believe so. Th- this song was him being like, I may be a soft boy, but I'm still airing it. Like, I can mm. still run it. Kind of vibe. Which happens more than once in this in this album. I loved uh, the line, listening to all... Listening to you expressing all them feelings, soap opera rappers, all these niggas sound like my all my children. All my children. That's a great line. Because uh, he, he, he basically taking ownership of, like, th- they're doing that because I, I did it. Yep. Because he really is the trailblazer in this. Which is to say, like, he gets the most credit for it and popularity from it he's not the first person to ever do it obviously mm-hmm. but he's getting the most popularity from this like singing rapping intermixing thing that's happening yes and now we've got another another ending thing that's kind of another. cheesy i heard once that they'd rather hear about memories than enemies rather hear what was or what will be than what is i'm saying it like him because i can't not do that no, I uh, <laughs> rather hear how you got over uh how you got over it rather hold on Give give yourself a second to think about it. Fucking aeroplanes, man. Oh, you're right. In the night sky. They're like shooting stars. (laughs) I could be in you to be swinging you. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Caleb's trying not to spill water out. It was genuine, like, disgust. Get the fuck over. God damn. Shut the fuck up. Um, (laughs) I don't Rather hear how you got it over how much it costs you. Rather hear mm. about finding yourself than how you lost you. Rather you make this an open letter about family and struggle and it taken forever. About hearts that you've broken and ties that you've severed. No Ooh. doubt in my mind that'll make them feel better. So he's kind of, he's constantly talking about like, his work is constantly addressing what people want from him and his relationship with that. Right? <laughs> Big head nods I there. That's I got it. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's that's what I want to say about that. Now we shift over to, to Crew Love, uh, featuring The Weeknd. Okay, The Weeknd, who I'm most 
famous for the song. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were oh, he was. I'm sorry. He was the super. Oh Bowl. no, I do know. Yeah, I, thought, I, I, I thought you were kidding. No, no, I, 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 I did. I did. I, I, I did. do know the weekend. Yeah. Uh, he was the... Yes. 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 Yeah. So, Crew Love. I, I I dug this song a lot, and it seems like the first time in the album that he really expresses a lot of gratitude for his who he perceives as his people, his crew, his, yep. Uh, yep. his group, whatever support system or structure he has. I don't know the proper word for it. I guess it's crew. Um, <laughs> uh, it seems like he is very humbled by the fact that he has such a great crew. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm listening to these albums, I'm, I'm always prepared for the pretzel of it all. Yeah. But I'm never prepared for the the melodic use of of, of pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very, I usually, you know, that, that yeah. usually lasts for a hot second. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, pretzel. Like, <laughs> And like yeah. drawing it out, I was it made me laugh just because it's something I've never. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, for. okay, we're doing that. I, I like how he says, "I like who I'm becoming." I told my story and I made it history. Yeah, I liked his attitude of saying, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this money while I'm living. Yep. And I, the other thing I wrote is I don't really like the chorus, <laughs> which is fair. Which is fair. Yes, I like that the verse he's got in there is dope to me. The projector with the diplomas on the wall like mm. I, I i like that bit i wanted to just state like this is a major intro for the weekend right like this is okay the weekend doesn't have an album out yet or it comes out this same year so like this is huge uh like the weekend gets i don't want to give drake too much credit but like this is a big move because then the weekend goes on and is completely his own thing right mm-hmm. and is, is very known and makes his own distinct style but this is this is a lot of people's first time hearing the weekend okay so that's that's just something to note and kind of cool but then this song is actually a song that like i would put on around my my buddies if we're like playing a game or something and it's just okay. background music i think it's like fun to just be like loving the crew like just <laughs> yeah. in the background <laughs> as the crew uh hangs out and then we do call ourselves the crew no. so yeah that's that's all i got Next, we have Take Care, which I think is probably my favorite song on the album. Interesting! So. Yeah, I think so. I might, I might change my mind. Yeah. Uh, this is where I kind of got my, the thesis statement for this album, is I, it feels like he's seeking a place. Ooh. It feels like he's seeking belonging, acceptance, and he's trying to figure out where he fits in yep and where he's going to be valuable and where he will be valued mm. um this is rihanna singing correct? yes yeah. yes her saying i'll take care of you and just have having that feeling of wanting to be finding somebody's soft place to fall yeah finding somewhere and it seems like he's really seeking out there i like the driving piano Ooh. and drums the, the line i'm dealing with a heart that i didn't break yep oh yeah yeah and he, the other line that stuck out to me is when he, when he says, one time, I've only been in love one time, and it seems like didn't work out, and it seems like that's affecting yeah. him majorly. And I had a physical response to this one as well. Nice. Yeah. This was a very popular song, and it is it is so good. I love that you mentioned the drum, like the beat and the <laughs> piano <laughs> combo. Yeah. Oh. Like, I, can, I could see dancers. I could yeah. see like what kind of style that would be. And I think you're so right about that the the premise of wanting to belong and I, and it makes sense for his career what he does how he is and he kind of transfers that into every aspect of his life the the sense of belonging or needing to belong in it when it comes to relationships when it talks mm-hmm. about being a rapper like being a musician a fame right mm-hmm. like it go he slides it into all of the all of the bits of him I just I, 
How did you feel about the ah 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 at the end? The, oh yeah, I liked it. I was here <laughs> I thought, for it. I thought yeah. it was fun. I wa- I was like, I don't know if Jamie's gonna like that. I I wondered how you were gonna respond. No, no. But also, I mean, you listen to Shalalas and whatnot, so hell yeah. I did also just fun fact. This uh, I used this song as an erasure poem. So I I it's what's an erasure poem? So an erasure poem is you take all the words right okay. uh and, and the way it is and you don't rearrange anything you just cut words and uh. and so like also some people will call it a blackout poem because oftentimes you'll just take like a sharpie uh-huh. and cross out certain lines okay and so it starts pairing these words into a new meaning i did strike through so you could still see the original lyrics okay but you would know what i wanted you to read and i it's hard to describe it's a visual poem very much so so it makes your makes you skip from one thing to the other. Yes. Okay. And so what I kind of did with, with the poem is I took this and I think uh, Simpsons, when he puts the pictures of Maggie up and got it, says, it. Do yep, it for I'm me. there. Yep. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yep. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, and so I used it for the, for a concept in, in one of my poems that's because <laughs> it's in my second book, which is all about love and romance, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to do any of the promo stuff. What's I just the name say, of your book? I hate you. <laughs> it's, that's what it's called. No, um, my book Heart Notes. Uh, it's all about love and relationships and, and my past romances. And one time I was talking to this girl post a negative, negative breakup. I started dating this, this other woman and uh, we were, as you do, exchanging music and, mm-hmm. and whatever books and blah, blah, blah. And one thing that she did is she just looked at me and she goes, what, what song describes how you feel about me? And I was like, had to find a song and I picked one. Right. Um, and she, but she was like, it doesn't have to be serious. Like, I just want to know like how you're feeling. Like, let me know how we, where we're at. And we were still light and fun. So I picked like a light and fun song. And then she gave me this Ooh. and she was like, take it. And then she was, Ooh. and it was like, I felt very seen because yeah. <laughs> I was very not okay. Right. And she was like, I'm, I want to take care of you. Like, I'm good. And I was like, um, yeah, and so that's why I ended up using it for a poem later in the book. So that's, that's funny fact, and that's also how we met Drake with a cease and desist letter. <laughs> <laughs> that is possible. All right, um, as long as I give credit, which I think I did. <laughs> Great. Now we move on. Oh, the, the, oh, the other the other line I want is I want to die real. Oh, yep. Speaking to how important it is for him to be seen as a genuine artist, he's not going to be a faker. He's not going to put on bravado persona whatever yeah he's gonna if he's if he's gonna fail it's gonna be because he was true and honest yep uh so the next next song we got is marvin's room which i I liked a lot too okay it seemed like it was a real voicemail he was playing back you you smirk i'm just listening Um, okay i don't i don't think it is i i uh, it tells you who it is uh if you look up the lyrics it'll tell you but i don't think it's a real it felt like a real voicemail to me when it was the female speaking gotcha but when you heard him speaking on the phone i could tell that was a performance yeah, yeah. and it could be i actually don't know that okay. fact but i mean that's that just speaks to the intimacy yeah that he allows of, in he allows right? people in and then once again we got that melodic pretzel Fuck that <laughs> It's so good, too. <laughs> and I'm just it's never, so never used to it. And this is where it starts popping. It popped up before, but drinking too much is a big, yeah. big, big theme with him. And, and something he's, cons- it seems like something he's concerned about Yeah, within, within himself. Uh, I like the whole subdued ambient synth and the muted drums. And saying, telling something that you could do better. It's like I bet you, I bet, yeah. you, I bet no one else is going to tell you this, but you could do better. You could do better, which which is kind of a risky thing to say to someone. Yep. To me, this song was a bit of like a one of maybe my favorite song on the album. Really? I can't, okay. I can't decide. It was between 
it's it i i listen to this song often <laughs> not i just love it but it is kind of a fuckboy song like okay let's be real about it he's, oh, he's saying in. well he starts with the line the woman that i would try is happy with a good guy but i've been drinking so much i'm gonna call her anyway that's not right that's not, that's not right. Uh, it's not your job to keep them. <laughs> it's not your job to keep them honest, man. If you want to make your interest known, what they want to do next, come on. Oh, come, come on. How is it my uh, issue? How is it my issue? I'm not in a relationship. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't know. Should, should this not be? On no, no. My, because my thought is, this isn't the first time. Okay. That, that's that's okay. my my pr- yeah. my feeling is this is you know your post breakup drunk okay i'm calling you and i miss you You're calling the ex right yes oh, okay. i'm calling the ex and that's kind of the vibe this is a calling the ex mm. call, right and so and going but who you're with now sucks right i'm you okay. know whatever okay and so that's a little bit that's a bold move right i bet no one will tell you that you could do better mm. and the underlying line is i'm better right <laughs> right like, it's like of course I'm, I'm better just by saying you could do better the next next thing i have said the women i sponsor He's not proud of it because he got, he's got women living off him. Yes, once again coming up. Yes, okay. So <laughs> I have this. Uh, I, I'm gonna. This is arguably one of my favorite lines uh, in the whole album. I think I'm addicted to naked pictures and sitting talking about bitches that we almost had. I don't think I'm conscious of making monsters out of the women I sponsor till it all goes bad. But shit, it's all good. That's the line, right? Should I be like singing that at the top of my voice? No, but I will tell you, young Caleb loved naked pictures. Oh, so, well, who doesn't? Right? So, like, I was like, you're right. Um, and also, me and my my friends, we were, you know, you sit around and you talk about, well, like, oh, you almost got with her, or that mm. almost happened, or oh, right? That spoke to me so loudly. And then I don't think I'm conscious of making monsters out of the women I sponsor. Now, he's talking about being very rich mm-hmm. and like being like, and I'll pay your way for right. things, right? I, I got I got dinner, I got this. Yeah, bet. I'll fly you out. Until whatever. it all goes bad. For me, I connected that with, like, giving a lot of myself, uh-huh. right? Like, not sure. I didn't have money. I'm a young high school kid. Broke. And, and giving a lot to women and that making them monsters. What a bold statement, Caleb. Um, <laughs> like, like, making them not their best version of themselves. Giving so much of yourself or treating them overly kind or as much giving yourself too much to the place where they feel comfortable set, sitting in the expectation of you changing or something to make things easy for them. Yeah. And so that spoke to me. Uh, but it is now that we had to do that disclaimer earlier. Now I, I hear how it doesn't sound great, but it doesn't say that all of these women that he sponsors aren't. He says women. He doesn't say girls. Welcome to the. <laughs> yeah, you know how I felt on the fucking Bowie episode. Um, no, but he, he was much, 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 much. Uh, <laughs> so the next thing I have written down is he says, I've had sex four times this week. My question to the group, is that a lot or is that a little? Because I don't know. He means four times with four different people. Oh, is my, that's, I thought he just said I had sex four times this week. Right. Drake would not brag and or state that. That he's having a trouble adjusting to fame is the follow up line to that. Okay, he yeah. So he's he's banging four different. Right, yeah. Shows. An average person can have <laughs> sex four times this week. My my understanding implication is that was with four different people. That makes. Sense. I had sex with four different people this week. I'm having a t- trouble adjusting to fame. Oh, okay. because I can because I'm famous and I'll go here and I bang you and then I go here and I can like because it's easy and I travel and whatnot. Right, like that's what his lifestyle is. You made incredible eye contact with me at that point. <laughs> so, just so we know. 
Because <laughs> 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 so, so I think you're correct in, in, in explaining that. But when he, when I heard it, I was like, that doesn't seem like a problem. I was like, it doesn't seem like a lot. <laughs> like it doesn't seem like the amount you would brag about. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't seem like I was like four times. Okay. Okay. And so yeah. this is uh, what I would say to that. Is I don't even even in the idea of like having a whole bunch of one night stands four nights four times in, in mm-hmm. one week still actually isn't that crazy uh, if you're a famous person I'm guessing yeah, right. right that's my thought but I think it has to do with he says it that way in somewhat of like a critical yes, term yes because he's a soft dude right right so like it did he, feel like a he didn't want to be having sex with four different people there are some people great sex positive good for him right but he he's a soft dude with obviously a lots of feelings. And this is in Marvin's room. He's saying, I'd rather be with you. And instead, I was with four different people this uh, yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having trouble adjusting to fame, but I wish I was with you. That's what's kind of happening. she's in Marvin's room. Yeah. Okay. I liked... So it seems like Drake has this... It might be a trademark or a signature or something of... You've drawn attention to it as like a rapping, singing thing. Yes. Where... I think you're gonna be in some trouble. And I, it seems <laughs> yeah. like at the end, it's, and it's just kind of uh, yeah. No matter what, it's like I think you're gonna go order some pizza. Which <laughs> is a great bit. The so, last thing yeah. I have written is I, I like the piano outro as well. Yeah, I love that you you were singing about the the trouble. Uh, I just love the line, the line. Her white friend said, "You niggas crazy." I hope no one heard that. Yeah. Next, you have uh, "Buried Alive" interlude. This was kind of weird. <laughs> If, yeah, tell me. If more. you were in a box, <laughs> I would surely break the lock. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so. Yep. I think that was an was that an alien? Because later in the song, he says something about being abducted by an alien or, or talking to an alien or something. Yeah. So I was wondering if that weird voice was we're supposed to that. be playing with the theme of aliens. No. Or I would give you that. It's, I would, it's supposed to be like that. Like it's supposed to be weird, and I'd give you alien. Call back like, to David Bowie. Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> And I liked how he was talking about, openly talking about being Canadians. For some reason, I I, th- I thought, I don't know why I think this, but I, I would think as as a, a mainstream rapper, you wouldn't want to call attention to being Canadian. And I don't, I can't <laughs> uh, say why. Canada does allow black people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is interesting, right? So I think part of it, and that has to do with him trailblazing him being different right okay he's also singing right and you would think as a rapper you wouldn't want to sing like it's like he makes a lot of those kind of choices later in his career he does like kind of step away from being canadian and he mm. tries to like embrace some kind of latino heritage that it doesn't exist we don't think his music starts having a lot more uh, afro-latina like hmm. flavor to it and everyone's like dude you're canadian like it's like people come at him and then he shifts and he's been changing because he's been in the game for a long time but yeah he, he's all about toronto and then, so the last thing I kind I have for this, I don't have a lot on this one. Aaliyah's death comes up in I think every album I've listened to so far. Oh yeah, probably. And well, that was a pretty big thing, wasn't right? It? And see, here's what I want to get into. I, I I remember her dying. This was I was probably in like eighth grade. It's like what ninety nine somewhere in there, uh, ninety nine two thousand. I didn't know she was such a major influence. I didn't. I remember her from the Doctor Doolittle soundtrack. From Eddie Murphy, end of list. Wow. Did she have like <laughs> no, I a think massive she... career? I thought she maybe had one or two albums. Right. So I don't know Aaliyah super well. Okay. What I do understand about the concept of Aaliyah is I believe that she had one album. It was great. And she died young. 
Okay. That's the premise, right? Okay. Is that she, it was fixation uh, as a community on the lost potential. Like that she, lost she was potential. going to be, she was okay. going to be, she, she had, she was young and she was gonna do it. She was bound for it. That makes and dies sense. That's, uh, that's it. She was known as the princess of R&B and the queen of urban pop. I mean, I, I just, I guess. And she, but she dies young. Yeah. But the key, that's the key. And that's, and we just don't get over that death. 22. Okay. That's, and I, we don't get over it. Apparently, I, I, I guess, I guess, I was thinking I was ignorant of some. The, the ripple sent out made me think she was like pre, like proto Beyonce, right? Which, well, the you're saying is, could have been. Yes, that's understood. the statement. If Beyonce died young, we would she would be the Aaliyah, right? Like we would gotcha. be saying the same thing. As, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, we missed it. She could have been. What? Ah. So yes. So that's that's Aaliyah's a big deal in that way. Okay. In this, in buried alive, this is featuring Kendrick Lamar. Okay. And this is big because this is right before Good Kid Mad City, which is uh, probably an album I'm going to make you listen to at some point. Make. I'm going to make you <laughs> listen to. I'm gonna, he's going to, uh, what was it? Uh, put his strap. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> You've lost us. You at one point, while we were discussing things, was, was like something, something strap. And I was like, you cannot say that. Around. Stay strapped. I yeah, say stay yeah. strapped a lot. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is like to be ready, like to have oh, your gun strapped. on you. But yeah, <laughs> you cannot say that. And then you were so like weird <laughs> because immediately my mind goes to a strap on. <laughs> and I did say stay strapped. I remember that. Uh, Good Kid, Bad City uh, is one of the number one albums that people say to me when I talk about this podcast exists. Okay, I, they go, "Have you had him listen to that?" Okay, I mean, and I will have you listen to it at some point. Uh, spacing it out, deciding when is a good time for it. But uh, behind a Patreon paywall, now. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is it is for sure one of the biggest ones. And so this is Good Kid, Mad City comes out in 2012. Okay, and it is phenomenal, right? So this is also another entry. To an artist that's up and coming, right? We've got okay. the weekend who was shown, and then we have Kendrick Lamar, and he has that verse at, at the end there, and uh, and he talks about meeting Drake. That's what the yeah. whole verse is. Is I, you know, I met this woman, and and then she fell in love with this Canadian, and then uh, I talked to him, and at the end, right, we have, and this is what's key to this album, and like the rest of our thesis of what Drake mm-hmm. talks about. Kendrick says, he said, Drake, you belong to the people when you're outside. So dig a shovel full of money, full of power, full of pussy full of fame and bury yourself alive. Mm. Then I died. That's Kendrick Lamar saying, Drake told me to do that, that I belong to the people. Okay. What a thing for Drake to say to an up and coming rapper. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, it's kind of saying, you know, Drake's recognizing this up and coming talent and saying like, you got it. Like this is, yeah. this is for you. You belong here. Yeah. But you're also going to ball. And, and I think it, it's a key to what Drake is constantly dealing with is what people expect of him, mm-hmm. who he wants to be. He wants to die real. Right. Yes. But he was like, but when you're outside, you belong to the people, right? Like when you're out there, the, when paparazzi sees you, you belong to them. You have to give them what they want to an extent. Okay. Right. And so, but if you're going to have to do that, at least dig a shovel full of money, full of power, like at least give yourself money, power and pussy, right? Like at least, do that because you're gonna die there, like because you're you belong to the people now that you're in this game. God. And so God, then, God. and then Kendrick Lamar goes, "Then I died." And then his album comes out next the next year and is a massive hit. I'm looking forward to hearing this, this yeah. album. That one, I I think that one will be fun for you because I think you'll love sitting down and looking at the lyrics and trying to figure out what it means. So yeah, that's <laughs> all I have for uh, <laughs> live. Next we got <laughs> Underground Kings. Uh, I like the line "Live a little" because pretzels die a lot. Yeah. Oh, and once again, we got we got some more car stuff. 
He's saying that that was the Acura days. Oh yeah. When he, it's it's all. It seems like a common theme in all these albums is, or, or what I've listened to so far, is your status being tied directly to what you're driving. Yep. You know, so I was driving around in Acura. That gives the audience a snapshot of their status and power. Everything else they you need to know. That's right? and it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's something I would have never. Maybe it was something I'd, I'd think to do, but it's just very pervasive. Well, we'll talk about it this way. It's way harder for black people to own property, like when it comes to land, right? So you don't know. We later, and you'll hear it. The, the, so, so you can't see this, but Jamie winced. Yes, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Right, because owning a property is a really big step and really hard to do, sure. right? And so we're talking, mm. it's, it's way easier to, it's still hard. It's still an accomplishment to own a car. And what car you own kind of indicates how you live, right? But it's way, way, way harder to buy property. And so we don't, as black people, judge each other necessarily off what property. It's not as great of an indicator because either, like, if you have property, you're very distinctly in this one tier. Whereas, like, what car you drive determines which different tiers you are in wealth when it comes okay. to blackness, right? And um, the absolute top tier is the Ford Pinto. <laughs> well, I'm driving a Fiesta, a Ford Fiesta, oh. 2012 Ford Fiesta, everybody. Okay. Um, it does have a party button. I'm not joking. <laughs> what does the party button do? Uh, it, ma- it turns the lights it's different colors. That's this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So at night, uh, sometimes this is going to sound so sad. But you, usually I'm by, my, by myself, yeah. and, and whatever song's playing, I'll just be like, boop, boop. I'll just hit the to party the, button to the, to the lyrics or to the to the beat. So my, my, my fiesta looks like a fiesta's going on. Yeah. And then somebody's going to be like, hey, can I come along too? And I'll be like, sure, new friend, hop in. And then we'll go to Taco Bell, right. and we'll laugh. But you won't sponsor them. No. And then, <laughs> and, and then he wakes up in a bathtub full of ice. <laughs> oh, but the, not but again. the lights are still flickering, yeah. so it's great. <laughs> So yeah, un- Underground Kings, I was like, this is Drake's application to the rap game. Like, mm. this is assertion that he can rap, he's not just sing-talking thingy. Right. He, he can rap. I loved the line, sometimes I need a- that romance, sometimes I need that pole dance, yes. sometimes I need that stripper that gonna tell me that she don't dance. I I love that line. Oh, yeah, what, do- what, does a- what, what does a stripper who don't I, I don't dance? think you should be asking Caleb this. Oh. Okay, but I think about or... it. There, there <laughs> yes. are several ways that you can hear that line, right? There's like one where it's like, I don't dance, but you know oh, what I'm saying, okay. right? Like I do, I do other woo, things. Yeah. yeah. Or it's like, it's a reality check. Like he's getting rejected. Like she's like, no, I don't dance. Ah. Uh, yeah. Like that's, those are the two ways that I see it. That I, I prefer the reality check uh, version of that. Mm-hmm. I like interpretation. I like yeah. Do you have more on under? No. Animals? I, I didn't have much on It's a I'm simple so one to me. So. No, no. Uh, next we have uh, We'll Be Fine. Once again, we got drinking straight off the bat. He says, you know, I make it a double. Reveling in the ease of getting women. Saying lines like, oh, want to give it to me like they owe me one. <laughs> so it's, it's just not even hard for him anymore. Or difficult, I should say. Yeah, four times this week. Um, and he's, but he, oh, that's the thing that keeps coming through. He seems hesitant about this lifestyle. Yeah. He seems trepidatious to embrace it to the point. Because I feel like he's worried about losing himself in some way. Yeah. And, and not being authentic. Because he's such a good guy. Yeah. Does he suffer from that, like, good guy syndrome? No. Like, he's like, I'm a good guy. Right. But then, like, he does a lot of bad things. Yeah. No, I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I think the, the, the incel of it all. But no, he's not. He's not celibate at all. No, yeah. yeah I think, I think really I what it is is that I think he, he has a heart and he can't, he's not good at ignoring it. Mm. But yet, he's in this life that seems to, like, 
saying these things. Because I think Drake is a dude who would love to just have a lady and cuddle up and watch a movie on a Friday yes, night. Yes. And instead, he's famous, right? And like he has mm. to be out and he has to be at the parties. And party scene is not a cuddle up and look at the movie. Like you can't make that even exist in that space. And to be in that space, you have you have to be in that space to be a successful rapper. And yet, he would much rather be at home cuddling with you know. He would own a cat. Absolutely. At, right. <laughs> that's, and that's it. That's the thing. Wipe your hands, that's it. We're done. Yeah, he would own a cat. That's that's yes. the energy Drake brings. The last thing I had on Will Be Fine is lots of pretzels at the end. <laughs> lots of them. I, yeah. was, I was driving when I listened to this one. I was like, turn that you down. Say, no, 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 turn no, no, that no. down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this one's not my favorite one. Um, I do like Never Thoughts of Suicide, I'm Too Alive, but I mm. still treat it like it's do or die. That vibe to me, I'm like, yeah. And then, uh, I love the line, she said you're such a dog, I said you're such a bone. bone. That makes me laugh. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's it. I thought what this song really did was the Birdman outro, right? This is featuring oh. Birdman, who is, who is a different generation than Drake. He's, he brought them into Young Money, if I remember correctly, okay. which he, he's, he's, uh, Little Wayne's mentor. Wait, and Michael Keaton was. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. We don't know who Michael Keaton is. Okay, Michael Keaton was um, probably most famous for uh, portraying Bruce Wayne in Batman in 1989's uh, Batman. Oh, I do know him. And he was also most recently uh, in a in a movie called Birdman. That was. That, I did not. It's very good. Think about that. Um, it's yeah. kind of a commentary on his career in, in some ways. Emma Stone's in it. It's very good. Uh, what Ooh, else? Emma Stone. What else? He's also Vulture. Yeah, he was Vulture in uh, Spider Man Homecoming. I don't know. The Flying Dad. Oh, Spoiler yes. Spoiler yes, yes, The yes, Flying yes. Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's Michael Keaton. Well, he's yeah. a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a shrug of, there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's okay. fine. You, yeah. <laughs> this is another white guy to me. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. You like. feel about Michael Keaton the way I feel about Aaliyah. <laughs> Tragic death. I don't want her dead. I wish she'd moved on. But, but, sure, like, but it didn't like deeply affect no, me. That's not from my yeah. opinion. Um, <laughs> that joke fell flat, but it, it got picked up very nice. It got, got well done. So, so Drake's Drake's a part of the Young Money crew. Okay. Right? Yes, yes. yes. And so there's a point where you've got Lil Wayne, who's an established rapper, right? And he kind of mentors this group of people called Young Money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the label, but, like, they, they come out with an album, Young Money, and it's just a bunch of people rapping. This is where Nicki Minaj comes from. Okay. Right? Like, so, uh, I'm sorry, what part is... Lil Wayne is part of... Young Money. Young, And then there's the, the subgroup. So, like, so Young Money is the label. Okay. Right? Okay. And so, okay. these young rappers don't have a name yet, so they come out with an album called Young Money, right? In, in which they're all just rapping a song or two Got on it. this album. Uh, and this is the way of introducing our next generation of Young Money, right? So you've got Lil Wayne, who's kind of father, if we want to say it. And then Birdman is grandfather, right? Like oh, Birdman okay. brings Lil Wayne in the game, right? Okay. Like, that's what this is. The, the key to this song is that I think this is giving public respect, this is giving street cred to Drake. You have Birdman grandfather of the game right of young money right one of one of the the main and he now is bringing up people he makes less music and he just starts finding young artists and bringing them in the game birdman is giving the you got the game now man it's on you now you do it that's that's a handing of the uh, passing off of the torch right that is done publicly that's like a political move i gotta keep that in mind in future albums because this is coming up again Whoever is featured, it's not just like, oh, we like him or he's popular right now. Whoever is being featured on an album is giving 
this album their personal seal of approval. Yeah, you don't feature on an album you don't think is gonna pop, right? Okay. Or that you do, or with an artist that you don't like. Yeah, that's something I I, I gotta keep in mind because it's nothing. I don't think that translates to white music on the whole. I mean, remember Fun? Remember the band Fun? They collaborated with Pink for that one song that's fucking terrible that I, oh, that I hate. Yeah, and I don't think it's like Pink is being like, Fun's a good band. Yeah, like, check them out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't, or vice versa. No, it's very much that way, which is also why uh, later we went to J. Cole, and J. Cole has several albums in which he has no features. Ah. He's like, that's not my thing. It's all me, right? Like, not, and it did come across to the game that he didn't respect anyone else enough to have them feature, right? Like, he didn't even want their respect. So there's like, there's a lot. Featuring does mean a lot in um, networking type of. A, Often, yeah, yeah, right. Do you want to share what you were snickering about? I was giggling because you said Birdman was the grandfather, the like big wise, and all I could think of was he's a raptor, raptor, bird of prey, a raptor. Oh, heard about it. Oh, Raptor. 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 Oh, wow. Ooh, that would be a great name. I would, I would listen to Raptor. Raptor. The Raptor come through. Uh, stay strapped. Uh, stay strapped for Raptor. <laughs> so that's all I have for that. I didn't think the song was essentially like very good. I thought it was more of a political movie. It was a speech that you watched that was like, all right. Okay. All right, so now we've got Make Me Proud featuring Nicki Minaj. I like the rapping. <laughs> I like the rapping on oh. this one. He notices somebody looking good and he says... You've been on that treadmill eating the salad. And I was like, somebody's following Kanye's workout plan. Yes! Eat your salad, no dessert. <laughs> so Nicki Minaj has been dragging, uh, or bragging about... Oh my god. She's been dragging? No. Nicki Minaj <laughs> has been bragging about how wet her pussy is since 2011. Oh, before that. <laughs> she, she said... She, she really slid into the rap game. <laughs> she said, I, I got a pussy so wet, you gotta paddle in. Which is great. Yeah. I that's, that's, uh, she she is really I'm just sorry. taking ownership over. At this point, I believe her. Right, and I but and, and we'll talk about Nicki Minaj because you'll actually probably listen to one of her albums as well at some point because she is somewhat iconic and it is she takes on the big dick energy, right? Like, she does. Think about how much she men does. are bravado and I'm banging she all the does. men, blah, blah, blah. She does it same way. What it is, is we note it, it is genuine, it's genuinely how we see gender, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems so more prevalent that Nicki Minaj is doing that and like almost a bit more surprising. But it's just, it's, it's in the lollipop. same game. It's, it is lollipop. Yeah. It's, it's all of that. And so, yes, but she is, she has been dedicated to that approach for a long time and I, the last thing I had for this is is this song about Nikki? because it's saying make me proud it seems like he's sent, sending her off and, and whoever he's singing about and I think I think it is about her is that potential? yeah yeah. yeah. I and I think it's kind of both of them like which is why sometimes she says it too right like she sings it at some point um, or she says I'm proud of you too oh, I, but it is very much that way right because okay. they're coming up at the same time and they're both blowing up at the same time and so there's also a whole lot of questions like are they banging or are they not mm-hmm. you know blah, blah, blah. and the answer is no but they so they have a close relationship and so that is i i think you're right about that but that's all i've got on making me proud okay. i think it's simple it's simple yeah to me. yeah same thing uh next we got lord knows which i liked a lot it was that <laughs> ah it was those that big feeling with those big choral vocals in the background going the whole time i really liked i really liked the sound of that one yeah uh i liked there's a line the trigger happy to keep my pretzels happy (laughs) that was good so okay yeah full disclosure around this time when i'm listening to the songs when i'm when i'm listening to the album yeah sitting, sitting there paying attention the a lot of them started to sound very similar to me uh huh so 
this one having a big breakout moment kind of like helped me grasp onto it because yeah. after after this like I mean I listen I listened to this album three separate times yeah and I'm having trouble like yeah distinguishing even though I liked it I liked the content I liked the words I think this is a, a really strong album but I, there wasn't enough distinction yeah do you get that at all or does that oh, sound like an insane I, thing no no, no you're totally okay. right but my response to that is if you're coming out with a whole new style uh-huh. You're not going to show other styles. Okay. You're going to go, this is the whole okay. style. Eat this style. This right. This is not a buffet. This is, I'm giving you a full, five courses of this cuisine. That Boom. makes a lot more That's sense. That's what I'm giving. Which is still going to say, it's going to be similar, right? You're going to have similar flavors that go throughout the whole thing. And you're going to have, sure. yeah, this was an appetizer, but it's a lot like my entree. And mm. like, even though it's different cuisine, that is the same concept. And it's because he's bringing this. This, is not, this doesn't exist. This style doesn't exist. So he's going... He leans into it. I agree. Okay. This, that this album. So I, I started to be like, ah, oh, god damn it. But again, this this feel, feels like he's reveling in his success more and more. Yep. I like the line, showing emotion, don't make me a pussy. Uh, drinks on the, that's the, that's the original line I was going to do. Instead, uh, of, instead of the Nicki Minaj uh, paddling wet pussy, I was going to say we had drinks in the house like Snoopy. Because <laughs> I, I thought it was silly. Because it's so cute. It's so cute. You're like, I was like, I was like, Charles Schultz, you got a call out, man. He's like, how do you like, feel? And you have to know Snoopy to like yeah. to get that line. I was like, so we got, what was it? In the Carter Three, we had a Popeye reference. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. We got a Snoopy reference. I'm just waiting for a Oswald oh, wow. the Rabbit. Um, oh, I'm sure there is. I, if I if I hear an Oswald the Rabbit fucking rap, I'm gonna rap. Losing a goddamn mind. I like the line "fat pretzel in the sauna with juice." <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something about that line. I listened. I laughed out loud. And I was like, "He's gonna say something about that." He's it's gonna a, say it, something. It's it's an image. It paints. It certainly paints a picture. Very clear. If this was a music video, you know what it looks oh, like. Oh, I, I, it's there. <laughs> for for Lord knows, my immediate was like uh, privacy, trust issues, Drake. Um, going through mm-hmm. her phone, dude. Yeah, just, come on. Come on, man. And not, you know, not trusting women. And I really, all I have to say is, like, I don't dislike this song, but I hate Rick Rock. There's something inside of me that just, I just hate that man a lot. So I'm not going to give you a Rick Ross album. I have a lot. I did, I did know that you were going to say something about that line. <laughs> I knew it. It does it. stick out. It's a great, like, and it was good for him for writing a good line. It was a very distinct image. Yes. But yeah, okay, so we can we can move on. So now we got, uh, Cameras Good Ones Go. This one, Ooh. This one hit. Yeah? I like the old-timey radio feel. Uh, she looks like a star. Looks like we're in love, only on camera. So it's bringing attention to this this fake persona, this fake thing. And when he's asking to, for, to, to mail his ring back, so that he was engaged, and he's wanting his ring back. Yeah. And it, that, I, I need you to know that. Okay, I please, wrote, please, please. My guess is this is Jamie's least favorite. Oh no! So I think it's interesting. No, it's hit. I not at all. I don't know. I'm shocked a little. I, bit. I think uh, maybe you've got a better window into my personality now that you listen to Counting Crows. <laughs> yes, now I know what I'm here for. And that's for. What, and I think that makes more <laughs> yes, sense. And, yes. and, and now that we've even talked about it, I like this one uh, again. With it's talking about the facade, presentation, public eye, mm, right? Public eye. Yeah. Uh, public eye is really huge, right? Which goes back to that line that Kendrick Lamar raps, right? Where it's like, when you're outside, you belong to the people, right? Or, yes. And, and then I love like like the don't you go getting married don't you go oh, getting engaged yeah like oh I mean yep. Yep. yes this hit for and me the good ones go hard. if you wait too long oh I, so I you should go before you stay too long that's exactly what I wrote oh my god yep. I'm sorry I, I just and I just wrote fuck because it's like oh god that's a that's a yep. dig and it hurts so high school Caleb 
felt that, yes, right? Because I also, like, I'm, that. as I expressed, I wasn't a great guy. So I was like, if you're interested in me, like, you should probably go, uh, right? But yeah. also, like, but you're a good one. I don't want you to go, right? Like, there's that tie of, like, and I want you, but I don't of it all. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's conflicted. It's conflicted. Yeah. Like, he, it's halfway funny, but, I mean, this is the Anna Begins yes. of this album. Oh, my God, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! You're right. It, oh my god! Because he's so conflicted, he wants that company, but he, but he can't give himself to it, yeah. or, or he's afraid not, of something. It's not time, it's or, not t- or whatever, whatever it is, he can't take that next step. And I really liked musically. I like that ominous turn when it kind of goes from one song mm-hmm. to another with yeah. that piercing guitar. I liked that yeah. crying out through the night feel. Huh. And then uh, the other thing I noticed about the song that I liked is. He goes, she knows, she knows, she knows. Which is a tag up back yeah. to headlines. Yeah. I really appreciated. This one felt like the most painful one for him. Or the, or the most vulnerable or yeah. honest. Because it was about him in the conflict, right? Yeah, like, you don't, you don't, I mean, in a scenario where you're asking for your ring back from an engagement, that's not something you want to advertise or tell. That's something you want to keep to yourself. In some way, that's taking an L, right? Yeah. And in and, and, and rapping, we're all about our wins here, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's... It, Defines some expectations. Yeah. About, I would well, and we have songs talking about how much he's winning, mm-hmm. right? And then he's gonna gonna say this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's another kind of like intimate detail that I wasn't expecting. He probably really... cried making this song. He probably did. Right. You know, like <laughs> I, I would certainly expect it. <laughs> that's that's all I have. But I, yeah. I really like that. I'm now wondering if that's if that's your favorite. I, I know because then it sounds too perfect to me. Like, oh, you thought it was gonna be my least favorite. I'm gonna make it my favorite, so I'm not gonna change it. Okay. All right. Um, okay. But I did like it a lot. It's probably my second. Uh, so doing it wrong I liked it <laughs> um, the, the line end of the world but it's, it's just the end of the world with one girl that you yeah. know the refrain of you know talk if you need to touch if you need to cry if you need to do whatever you gotta do I just can't stay it's, yep. it's about it's more of you know you feel how you feel but I just can't be here to help you through that because oh, yeah. he definitely falls in love too easily or lie <laughs> or at least lies about it I like the line of generation of not being in love and this uh, this I've never heard this phrase until I moved here to a college town but this feeling of like oh yeah he was catching feelings so I had to let him go and I was like wait what yeah catching feelings where it's like oh you haven't like, heard that before. no it's like that means the relationship is like progressing like don't right you, don't you want that see and there are plenty of people who would say no and i mean uh, I, I guess it's a maybe... new time and that's but it's also very much in this generation right of not being in love and not wanting to be in love yeah and, uh and not being together but also we want to make sure that we we do feel like we're together we're going to go on dates yeah we're going to see each other and talk to each other pretty often we don't really like when they talk to other people but we're not together it's very very complicated and, com- and it's a and i would argue it's a generation thing and i think that your generation is a little bit <clears throat> older um, yes, we, we should address that. You were 26, 25? I'm, I'm 19. Are you sponsoring me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I am 26. Yeah. And I am 34. Yeah. So we do have, we do have a generational divide. Yeah. Uh, somewhat. So yeah, I, I guess, yeah. That, but I think, I think this, this song is very much a, like, you have your feelings. To me, it's a breakup song. This is, mm. to me, this is, doing it wrong would be, mm-hmm. if Anna Begins had like a, a little tangent in which we saw the breakup yeah. of Anna, and Anna begins, oh. right? Like, th- which is like this, this emotional, like, this is bad and I get it. Like, and you feel it and I feel it. And like, he's not like done, right? Like he's not cold about it necessarily, mm. but he is like, do what you need to, but like, I can't, there are boundaries. Like I can't keep doing this because I've got to go. I will tell you 
I have listened to this album and specifically this song before every breakup I've ever had. Oh, wow. Damn. So that's this hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also love the Stevie Wonder harmonica. I I wrote Billy Joel harmonica. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think that says a lot, huh? Uh, Was it really Stevie Wonder? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were just saying it was a style. Man, you really okay. waved that off. Oh well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, so so that means he also has Stevie Wonder's seal of approval, and I Stevie yep. Wonder why. <laughs> I hate that. That's a line. <gasps> I know. <laughs> I hate that you used it. <laughs> All right, so now we just our turn of phrase. I, I so I love I love this song because I think that's like a it's a great breakup song, and I actually don't think a lot of raps artists men have those songs in a, in a way that works. yes so i like that a lot yes now we can move on to a song that you actually listen to the real her featuring little wayne and andre 3000 <laughs> so uh, i feel like this is going to make a lot more sense after doing it wrong because uh, what i have written is that he falls in love too quick and he wants somebody to come back and, and both, both with question marks so it's like if I like, listen, how does this make sense right so if i listen to it in order i'd be like yeah it's that's what he's yeah he just broke up and now he won't. I, I i wrote i wasn't expecting Lil wayne and when he came in i just wrote wayne exclamation point <laughs> i know him I, was like, I know him i like blind stevie wonder about her i, have, I wrote that too yep so uh, it's, i don't want to be blind but sometimes i stevie wonder, wonder about, about her <laughs> Lust for some trust. This is Andre rapping at this point. Uh-huh. And on, see, okay, I've only listened to Andre 3000 through uh, Outkast. Uh-huh. And his trademark, at least I, I thought so, was rapping fast as hell. Because he sounded a little bit more like Andre, like, 1500 on this album. <laughs> Interesting to you. I, that is not how I ever describe Andre. Well, like, fucking bombs so, over Baghdad? Okay, so yes. Yeah, so yes, he raps fast. To me, Andre 3000 is always known for his rhyme schemes, like his complicated flow. Like, it's, okay. it's, his cadences are interesting and, and almost very unique. And then he does them fast. That in his Class of 3000 animated TV show. Does he really have an animated TV show? I've watched it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I think he's just a music teacher, right? Yep, what it is? Yep, it's yep, an uh, animated show where yep, he's a music he's teacher. A music yeah. teacher. <laughs> what was this on? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like Andre 3000 is in a lot of people's top five list of, of best rappers. Okay. And no one would do it just because he's fast. It's, it's, he has. Okay. And also what he writes, like he he's a, is unique. When Andre 3000 is rapping, you know it's Andre 3000. Yes, yes. And that in and of itself is something powerful as a rapper. To have an identifiable voice that you can identify no matter what via cadence, flow. And even what he raps about. Like, he brings a whole different aspect to this to this verse, even. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. I liked the line that Andre had, which was, uh, pretzels that are married don't want to go home, but we look up to them, they wish they were us, they want some new trim, we lust for some trust. That's, which, that's the... the Yes. Yes. So it's it's putting a, a much more finer point on grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Wanting what you can't have. Being conflicted once more. Searching yes. for a place. Conflict is there. The, there's a line that's, uh, that they say, uh, they keep telling me don't save you. If I ignore all that advice, then something isn't right. Then who will I complain to? Young Caleb <laughs> was <laughs> notorious for picking quote-unquote wrong women right and so that line was with me a lot right where people were like dude do not talk to her and i was like you don't get it 
right? Also, young Caleb thought he could, quote-unquote, save people, right? And at the same time, simultaneously wanted to be, quote-unquote, saved. I think Drake is somewhat like that in this album. I can see that for sure. You had a little bit of the... You like the idea of fixing broken things yes. or, or or if i if i was just in their life their life would improve and, and they could okay but then they'd also fix me right, right. which is well, how we got take care right like it's like i also need someone to be taking care of me it was uh, not healthy uh, yeah i think uh, i outlook. think that's called codependency yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm <laughs> not gonna lie to you <laughs> oh, about hey, having hey, had it hey, hey. <laughs> right here with you buddy <laughs> i think we both we both experienced <sighs> that so no zero judgment there but that's so that that landed for me a lot, right? It is I was like because oftentimes people who are codependent, like the people around you, are like you shouldn't be with that mm. person because you are both dependent on, like it's not good for you. And so that landed for me. But that's all I had on the real hard. Yeah. Next we have look what you've done, and I wrote. It seemed like he was recalling a fight very lazily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, very obviously a very toxic relationship he's going through. He's, you know, I see the pills in the counter. He says, this is what I talked about. What, yeah. What came up when, when you were saying, when he comes out trying to be tough, and he's saying how he's going to fix this relationship, and he was saying, oh, you know, I'll just go get a job at the bank, but I'll probably end up robbing the bank. Yeah. And I write, you're not going to rob a bank, Drew. <laughs> like, you're not robbing a bank, sir. Not in America, anyway. Yeah. Oh, give me all the toonies you got. <laughs> I'm going to Tim Hortons. <laughs> That's a joke for our Canadian listeners. <laughs> Who might tune in? Yeah. Drake. It's, it's uh, so do, you, do the, there's a, they have two dollar pieces. Okay. So uh, <laughs> they call they call their dollar pieces as a loon on the back. Okay. So they call them loonies because okay. they're Canadian. They're cute as fuck. That's cute. And then there's a two dollar piece, and they just call them toonies. <laughs> it's a uh, silver with gold in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that, that's my joke about Canada. Oh, I like I like uh, when he says you deserve it. The beat drops, Ooh, and it yeah. comes in or whatever, and then we get this feeling of again worried that he's not going to be accepted. It comes up over and over again. And was this? Do you know who this Jade was? No. So I wasn't. Sure, I wasn't sure if she was a mentor, a lover, or his aunt. My thought here uh, is: is this song is addressed to a family member, a mom? a grandma, something to that extent. And so you said the relationship's not good. Yeah. She's in pain. She's working all the time. And he's like, I wish you didn't have to work all the time. You're in pain. I wish it didn't hurt. Uh, some of the lines, like, you say I'm just like my father, my one button, you push it. That's a mom thing to say. Or a grandma, like, that's an older person in your life says, you're just like your father. Because they knew his father, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and so this, I the only lines that I think really reference, like, romantic love are the first line of each verse, which is, mm-hmm. it's like 09 in your basement and I'm in love with Nebby. And I still love her, but it fell through because I wasn't ready. Noting a uh, romantic relationship, but he's saying like it fell through as in like okay. he has problems with the relationships. It's like oh six in your backyard. I'm in love with Jade. Uh, when it's that real, is when it doesn't fade. I I think those are the only two like real references to romantic love. The rest of it is about okay. like his family dynamic. And I think it really nails it home at the outro, right? Which is his <sighs> is it is his grandmother. I was gonna say that was fucking heartbreaking. So she was put in a nursing home in 2010. Yeah, I I, I put that much together. Like the note was putting her in a nice home. It was so sad to hear that. Yeah. I mean, and through her aged voice. And yeah. So real. Because it was real. And right? just commenting on, like, I don't know, there's something that cuts That's me about what you've done. And, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. And I like to have memories of this and that. And that's tender, right? Oh. That's so, that's so tender when like, 
that's out that's out of place in a rap album and in a, a traditional rap album. and vulnerable and honest to put something that I mean, I can't think if, if, if I if I had like a last. I don't know why I think it's the last voicemail from yeah. his grandmother. I'm just I, assuming no, that it is. Uh, <laughs> but it feels I, like I'm that not. Some, I'm not sure that's something I'd be capable of sharing as an artist. So the fact that he is is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> this is possibly one of my favorite songs on the album. Look I, what you've done. Yeah, I don't know why. I think I because none of it really relates to me, and I really think it is the intense vulnerability. Mm. that I really appreciate like that this to me seems like one of the realest songs on the album I'd agree I'd and agree that I love like that and I'm like I'm here for you to be real and I'll write my own shit about what my what my life is yeah but that's why I think it hits me so much and the piano is lovely and like this is like the family business yes of, that is what this yeah. is you're right that was that, I'm proud of you I can see it in your eyes <laughs> I can see it in your eyes <laughs> Yeah. The, the, uh, oh man. Yeah. So that's that. That's look what you've done. Uh, and now we've got uh, Heifer. Heifer. Oh yeah. Fucked him right. <laughs> First note. I like the rapping. <laughs> Physical that's response to this one too. And by the end, I was singing along. Like I felt it. I got it in my bones. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love your little wave voice. <laughs> Fucking right. Uh, I loved it. The only content I got out of this one, besides the confidence and 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 kind of. The bravado is coming out in this one. Yeah. And the confidence in his team and just loving it up, like, completely being like, fucking right, we're out here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's tired of interviews. He doesn't like interviews. He's tired of it. <laughs> well, in interviews, and I think this has to do, again, with our public eye, right? Like, public eye is always asking these questions, wanting to know these things. Get him. Get out of my dressing room. Ask yeah. Somebody. Like, you know, for me, yeah, this is this is like a bop. Like, this is like definitely a, a fun bop. I would, I would put this one up. This is an aux chord this choice. Is, this is an aux chord choice. For sure. I learned working with the negatives can make for better pictures. That was also used as a caption on Facebook or, you know, like, <laughs> um, with often pictures. And the negative filter, right? Oh, um, it was terrible. Yep. Um, it sounds very high school. It, well, I was in high school, okay? They say love is in the air, so I hold my breath till my face turns purple. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's like, no, get love out of here. I don't want none of that. Fear of catching feelings. Yeah, it's fear of catching <laughs> feelings. Little Wayne's verse is somewhat problematic and questionable. There might be an allusion to like rape. Um, it's unclear. What's the I'm line? uncomfortable with it. So he's talking about meeting with this lady, and he goes, but we still met later that night. After my session, she came over. I was aggressive, and she was sober. I gave her a pill. She started confessing oh. and started undressing and asked me to hold her. Woo! Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Different times. Um, I'm still not sure <laughs> that that was ever... But yeah, so... Well, I'm saying different times... To even, like, it didn't even go through a filter of, like, should I say that I gave her a pill? Right, because it was, he was like, bra it's bra it's he's bragging. like, we do drugs. Yeah, we, who knows what that, no, I'm not going to defend it. No, it's no. not defendable, <laughs> but that was probably what was going through his head. Right. right. There's an, uh, you know, this makes sense now, in hindsight, that this was Bill Cosby's favorite song. <laughs> Stop. It's a, it's a, we just call it the Nox Chord Choice. <laughs> Pass me the Nox. <laughs> Put on Heifer Rudy. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> the lovely other line that I liked in this song that I want to point out is uh, met a female dragon, had a fire conversation. Yeah, I think that's cute. That was cute. <laughs> okay, let's move on to practice. Yeah, so immediately when it came on, I was like, Genuine. Is, this is genuine, right? 
Back that ass up. That's what's being used. Okay. Yes. It's not him. But more on that. It's a sample. Yes. Well, no, because he says he says the words. Yeah, this is he says it in the cadence similar yeah. to it. Oh, okay. So what? What is the? Do I did I write the lines? So, no, I didn't. But you look good. Once you back that ass up, he's a big ass woman. <laughs> no, yeah. That's the line. <laughs> <laughs> like he says all the. He's, lines. He sings. Drake sings it's them half, twice. It, it's literally half the song is genuine's back that ass up. Yeah. Practice form. It seems like he's got his eyes on a woman who he can't have yet, and is kind of framing it in his mind that like whatever she's doing with people that that aren't him mm. is practice for him which is unfortunate for the grooming allegations <laughs> once again yeah. but, but, oh. like, uh, but but i will say this so i've listened to genuine's back that ass up as many times as one might expect <laughs> so <laughs> but I, it's the first time i ever read the lyrics and the line he says you're working with some ass yeah in the back, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Fucking, I always thought until this close read was you're working with some mass, <laughs> like, but it works too. Like, you work uh, it does mass, work, but that's true. Um, and, and the next thing I wrote is, I go, this is mostly back that ass up. Yes, and then it's it seems strange to have a seemingly earnest song on top of back that ass up. <laughs> <laughs> like he is expressing his feelings and yeah. emotions and some confessions and. And then he goes back to not a somber rendition of "Back That Ass Up," but a heartfelt, yes, version. heartfelt, I yes. think, which is funny for "Back That Ass Up." Yeah, I, <laughs> I think the song is so interesting because it, it is mostly not his song. But yes, I was thinking like, could this be a sex positive song? Like, it doesn't matter how many partners you've had because I can't. I wasn't necessarily noting that he couldn't have her now as much as they were having the conversation that. Like, okay. everyone you've been with has been practice, and, and you had to practice for me, but, like, now we're good. Uh, <laughs> I'm wincing. I'm wincing. <laughs> I, I, I hear it. But do you hear it? I didn't. If you wouldn't have, if I didn't know about the grooming, it was fine. And now I hear the song different as I say it. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 want, I, want, I want to give you an out. I can see how you can think those thoughts in an innocent way. I definitely did. Well, because, like, I, my thought is, like, he could be... I almost put my put my mouth there. Because there are other times where he's talking about, I want to be with a stripper. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought possibly he was talking about, like, a stripper that don't dance. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's saying, I'm, I have feelings for you. It's fine that that's happened in your life before. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an adult person who's made sexual choices. That is how I listened to it. Because I just assumed that he was with adult people. Uh, I, I, I'm still thinking... <laughs> I, I'm still thinking... I, to be very clear, I'm not saying anything about his activities with people underage. What I am saying is it creates a weird power dynamic, I think. The reason I was wincing when you were breaking it down yeah. is you're like, oh, that was all practice for me. It was specifically for me. Yeah. It was specifically for me. I think I, I, the only other thing I said about uh, practice is I like that screeching, distant guitar outro. Oh, yeah. I like a good... I, like a good... I, I think what's interesting is that like the sound of this album, mm-hmm. I do think... This is also now more you could not listen to the words and enjoy the album. That's what I, so yeah, what I did with this one was opposite of what I did with the Carter Three, whereas <laughs> I heard I had it on. You learned. I I, I just listened <laughs> to it passively, wanted to see how I feel about it, and then then I did the close listen, and then I listened to it passively again, and I I, I got a much better feeling for it. I would argue that's how most people listen to most rap albums. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, unless you're unless you're a hip hop head, which mm-hmm. is different, right? Because then you're coming in and you're looking for lyricism, or you're looking for. But like most people, 
exposure to rap is like they're listening to it passively and then they go in and they're like wait what did he say there what was that and mm. then they find out and they learn and they listen closely so i'm doing it right that's that's actually how i listen to almost all albums especially rap albums that's how my dad taught me to listen to albums too he was like all right you listen to it all the way and then my dad is very meticulous and so so am i so then you listen to each song on repeat until you understand that song so wow. you feel like you know that song you move on wow to the next song and do that i definitely do not do that I've never met another person who does besides my father. That's, so like that's fucking intense. Yeah, and so like, well, my it's like my dad will just like in the car. He still buys CDs. He'll put it in, <laughs> and it's just on repeat. And like he turns his car on and he's listening to that song until he thinks he gets it. And he's like, oh yeah, I heard all the lines. I think I wanted. To, like I think I get all the reference. That would drive me insane. My dad also just drives in silence though. Oh, I do that too sometimes. So okay, so now I don't understand you. Well, <laughs> I, I can't think of any songs I would listen to on repeat. Any song, even my most favorite of songs, I would never. Once it ended, I would never start it again. I've got so Wild. many ten-hour playlists. I mean, no, I just heard it. I don't need to hear it again. I'll Wild. hear. I hope I hear it again later. There's songs I will hear multiple times in one day. Like I'll, I'll come back to it later, but on repeat. No, no, no. All right. So this is a question we're gonna open up to the to the listeners. Here. Yeah. Um, please let us know if you can listen to your favorite song on repeat because I think Jamie is strange. Uh, I think wow. I think I think you're I think you're in the minority. minority. Yeah, okay. you're in the minority here. So, I think, and, and you, l- literally, you mean the song ends, and you're like, I want to hear that song again right now. Yeah, you know, there's a setting where you can just make it repeat. I don't know. Yeah, so like because I don't use on that spot, shit. you can just so like once the song ends, it immediately just starts back over, and like you don't have to press anything, nothing. It just does it again. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. All right, so now we've got, <laughs> we've got the ride. Yes. So, Faded Too Long is drinking as a theme. And then, it's interesting, another parallel I've drawn through the uh, albums I've listened to so far is Airport Security as as a measure of success as well. But I also thought this was funny. So, it's kind of a hack thing to do back in the 90s or actually still now. It's, It's a hack comedian thing to be like, talk about airports or airport security or airline food or all that stuff. And the reason it's hack is it's because... They do all this traveling, so they're comedians. They're going to come up with funny situations wherever they are. But what happens is they're always traveling and being on airplanes, so we get all these airplane jokes, so no one fucking wants it because everyone does them. Yeah. So it's interesting that that he must be drawing from real life by having all these stories about getting through security with with your hat down and then a rental car. Yeah. He talks about uh, (laughs) spending, like, you're stealing your mom's debit card to spend money on, that was supposed to be for gas in a car, and you're spending on stuff you don't need to. Yeah. And it also seems like it's a a song about calling out fake people, or people who don't actually see him. We're saying, you know, I feel you, pretzel. He don't actually, you don't actually see. That's just just something you're saying. You don't fucking know. You don't get it. Yeah. feels like it's about going back home in some Mm. ways. And he says, "Mo money, mo problems. Don't believe it." Because then he lists all the things he could solve. Yeah, with the money he's got, he he's, he has a line. He sees no threat in Yoda. Yes, and it's a play on words. I can't remember. It's how not. It, it's not Yoda. No, it is Yoda. The rhyme that he uses. He says Yoda in order to rhyme the follow-up line. Okay, is something Lota or something <laughs> like? Oh, I was gonna say. If you see, if you see no, if he sees no threat in Yoda, he's obviously never seen Attack of the Clones. Yoda or bounces all around. <laughs> looks at Clone Wars. Oh, I haven't yeah, seen Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, all, all Yoda fucks some shit up. Well, I guess I gotta watch Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have um, for the ride. Yeah, 
Uh, my two favorite lines. So uh, we've got, uh, he starts, I think one of the verses, you won't feel me till everybody say they love you, but it's not love, right? That's that feeling of calling out the fakes. High school Caleb loved it, felt like this was deep because I was well known in high school. Okay. I knew a lot of people, but I didn't feel like any of them actually knew me. Uh, Right, okay. so it's like you uh, you won't feel me till everybody say they love you, but it's not love, right? Like everyone's like, oh, I love Caleb. I was the funny black kid with a big afro, mm-hmm. uh, friendly, right? So like I knew a bunch of people, but I was like, they don't, and they I love that guy, like I love his bro, and that's probably all they can tell you about me, mm-hmm. right? Like like they didn't, and so it's like they feel they say they love you, but it's not love. So there's a level of resentment. That they're responding so well to the persona that you've, or not persona, but the facade yes. you put up. So you're angry at the facade that you've created yeah. to survive or, or to get by, whatever yep. you want to call it. So then when... Or even succeed, we'd say. Like, you know... Succeed, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. The facade gets the positive reinforcement. It feels like it's a denial of your true self. Yeah. And and, and I think Drake mentions that. Like, that's a theme in the piece of this public eye not knowing wanting to be real not being real I, i'm gonna keep going back to kendrick lamar's line now i guess where it's like you you belong to the people when you're outside it's that concept but you belong to them and they love you but they don't love you it's not love right right but you don't really have any control over that but you want to that really like resonated with me you won't feel me till you want it so bad you tell yourself you're in it and tell the world around you that your paperwork is finished which is this concept, and then and then he goes on to say, steal the the debit card and and right. pay right. It's the facade of like, yeah. and it's a rapper thing very much so to claim being a winner before you're the winner. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and and I feel it more and more these days myself personally because I think that's a really big personality in the arts is to go, I'm in it, I'm doing it mm-hmm. right before you're even doing it to the level that you're gonna be doing it right or whatever. And that is it's just call, like a it's line. calling your shot. Yes, it's it's, it's pointing pointing to the outfield. Yeah, I mean, I can I can feel that to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I'm about to do something crazy. Yeah, and I have to fucking tell myself I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yes, right. Even so before you've done it, you're doing it, right? And there's there's something to that. So that lands with me a lot. I think the ride is the way the album's supposed to end. Okay, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That is to me yes. the ending of yep. the album. We will give a quick shout out to the motto. It is the birth of YOLO, which is why I didn't want to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> it is the birth of YOLO. Oh heavens! Uh, and I that, that's that that's that star burned bright and out very quickly. Uh, I'm dead. Mm. Uh, white people still say it sometimes. Earnestly? <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah. I you have a lot of faith in people. So anyway, we shout out to the motto. You're cute or whatever. But the ride is the end of uh, Take Care. So we <sighs> what a ride! What a ride! This was crazy. Um. So I guess we have to this go. Is so tough. We, we have, first, first, we should go cook out. For, oh brunch. yeah, is we, is is Adam Duritz coming to the cookout? Oh, okay. Oh. Well, visually, not, not maybe because the boys got them <laughs> dressed. I'm questioning everything now. I'm wondering about his like demeanor. But from what we've been talking about about how Drake is a trailblazer because he's so sensitive. Yeah. Adam can't come to the cookout. He, Drake's barely in, uh, allowed in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't you let Adam in if Drake's out here. Well, I was expecting Adam not to be invited based purely on the dreadlocks. That would, that, that wasn't a factor no. for you. I was anticipating another reason he wouldn't be invited is because he seems like a stone-cold bummer. Yeah, he's also not fun. Yeah. Right. He, even if you're going to come to like, the cookout, it's fun. Yeah. Don't come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I I couldn't see 
character. I feel like he's just been per- perpetually 40 years old, too, somehow. Which is not a vibe. No. <laughs> but, Drake. Oh, Dra- I think Drake's coming to brunch. You think Drake's sure. coming to brunch? I, th- I think I could just see him showing up in, I don't know why, but like a turtleneck. He wears turtlenecks. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, that was the whole hotline bling that was video. So oh, that okay. That must be. That must be. Why it's in there? there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see. He just seems like the boy can go to brunch, but but it would piss me off because like you know you know your aunt would like brag about it for way too long. Oh, it's like okay, but be cool. Like, like remember that way in Drake? It's, it's like yeah, but be cool about it. Like you don't get cred for that. Yeah, you got to be better, Tracy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Drake's Drake's definitely coming to brunch. Yes. I feel like he would. I feel like he would be very charming. I feel like he would. He would be, he be would, very successful would, in, the, in that way. Did you just call out your actual aunt? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would <laughs> be like oof. Tracy's no. shade to no. your aunt Tracy. All right, now the better album here. <sighs> this is where, uh, for those of you I, who don't know, which no one, no one else would know, this is uh, I have a running problem, which I like to argue with people about what the difference is between best and favorite. Um, because there are arguments that they are the same, they're interchangeable words, and there are some people who argue that they're different. Yeah. We're going to pretend that it's different here. Yes. Uh, and that best is like a more of an objective thing. So what, Jamie? This is tough. This is tough because I, because we both gave each other albums that are representative of us and still have, find some sort of identifying features of in them. (sighs) And it's especially tough because we both wound up liking each other's albums. That's a what's lot. tough, right? Is like I like, I I like it. So I, I'm, I would say, if we divide favorite and best, which is hard for me because I make the argument all the time, that I would say August and everything after is a better album. But take care is still my favorite. So that's that's how I feel. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Based off of the, the sentence that you said to me that I think is true. You listen to eight songs and they start sounding the same. Mm. That's not a better album. Like, okay. I, I didn't feel that way listening to August and Everything After. <laughs> even though they are similar. I didn't ever feel... And maybe it's because concise. Right? Like, right. Maybe because it wasn't 20 songs or whatever. Yeah, it's it it. long. Yeah, I, okay. I, I mean, I, I, do you feel comfortable giving it to Counting Crows over Drake? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> right, right. Artistry-wise, I don't know if I'm going to give artist for artist wins. Okay, that's but what you're going to give. You're going to give August album. everything after over Take Care. Okay, yes, I, I will. Yeah, I will we, take that. We, we I also take this album specifically. We yes, right. No, right. no, no, no yes. Stuff. I also have a hard time distancing myself from Take Care. I think I love it for a very niche reason, like okay. because. It is very much a light-skinned dude who right. has feelings, sure. right? Which is not necessarily most people's experiences. So August and everything after. I can't believe it. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I'll still die with Take Care in my hands. Please so, do! Like, yeah. <laughs> so next, we, you, we've got some assignments for each other for, oh, for next right. week. Do you I have, have gotten... Do you have what album I'm listening to? Yes. So it is time. It is, it is time. We are going to the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Okay. We have to. Got it. We've taken too much time away. <laughs> and you, sir, are going to be listening to Zeppelin 4. By oh. Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Le- Led Ze- oh, yeah. So it's just Led Zeppelin and then the numer- Roman numeral for 4. IV. All right. I, I've never listened to any Led Zeppelin, so I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Do you <laughs> is, understand? Is this, no, wait. Don't say anything. Is this what Don't say anything. Thinking? 
Yes. Yeah, okay. And I, I also know that you know that I'm purposely stepping my toe into dangerous waters with this podcast and that recommendation, and I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I am, I'm intrigued. All right, so this has been an extremely long uh, <laughs> version yep. of, of the A lot of editing will happen, hopefully. My, uh, once again, my name is Jamie Driscoll. You can find me at Choppy Chug Chug on, on Instagram. Uh, that sounds like a joke every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Other Side of the Tracks podcast on Facebook. Uh, we should absolutely be subscribing to us wherever you're listening to us. That would be an immense amount of help. Yeah. Uh, also Twitter. We'll be on Twitter. Oh, right. uh, Jamie will learn how to do that. I'm Caleb, the Negro artist Rainy. Uh, you can find me uh, on all social media, the underscore Negro artist. Jennifer Aniston, you already heard your shout out. Um, and uh, yeah, this has been The Other Side of the Tracks. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. It's going down. It's going down. That's it. Fantastic. <laughs> How long was that?